1: This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads,
0: geekbloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All
1: right. All right. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday, December 5th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Cards fans take your career to new heights with an MBA from the University of Louisville. The full time MBA is an innovative 12 month program that accelerates your career trajectory with convenient in person evening classes. Competitive 11 month paid internship opportunities provide you with valuable industry experience. It's the MBA that pays. Get started today and earn your degree in just one year. Visit business.louisville.edu today. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford is here. Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus is here. Excited to have him back in the saddle from 3 to 6 today. Plenty to get to. We haven't talked to Scoots in a while. We'll get his thoughts on everything going on in his crazy scoots world. We'll talk a little holiday stuff. We'll talk transfer portal. We'll talk Indiana football. We haven't gotten his uh, thoughts on Kurt Signetti. IU fans fired up. And then, of course, we'll dive deep into all the latest rumors and reports and stuff that's out there pertaining to Cardinal sports, mostly transfer portal stuff. More Cardinals are in the portal today. More potential Cardinals are rumored to be coming in to U L through the portal. We'll get to all that good stuff. But before we do that, Gotta say hey to Scoot. Scoot, what's up, man? What's up? How's it going? It's going great. Um, you know, I missed you. Same. Glad, glad to have you here. Same. Happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays to you. Glad we, to be here. Although it's day one of three, I've got to strap in for some long days here. Uh, so you got three days here. Right.
1: Trevor. Yeah. Trevor was uh, was light on details huh. when imagine he imagine that <laughs> when he yeah. I mean, I didn't know Gary was doing yesterday's show. I got here and, and Gary was here. Uh, he had said that I think Josh was going to work. Yesterday and then that ended up not not happening. So I I don't I I knew you were going to be here today. I'm glad to have you the next three days. But yeah, Trevor was just like, so I'm gone next week. I'm like, okay, this is kind of kind of a big week for for Louisville sports. Yeah. not ideal. But then he was like, I got scoots lined up for for Tuesday, and I didn't know what the plan for the rest of the week. But happy. But it is it is tough on you. You get here very early, um, every single day, and. Working long hours, it's uh, it's t- especially when you have to talk well, all this time. and
0: today was especially weird or hard for me because, so I did the normal thing, produced up until one. Well, I had forgotten to let my managers know at the hotel that I'd be out today. Oh, no. I had no idea that they were in Cincinnati oh, no. for, like, leadership training or whatever, oh, right? Oh, no. So I'm like, yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm of course I'm wearing sweatpants, a hoodie, a ball cap, <laughs> my hey dude, American hey dudes. Like I'm I'm not in work attire at all. So I hit them up and I'm like, hey, forgot to let y'all know I'd be out today. Got to cover for Rutherford, and they're like, yeah, we're in Cincinnati for training, so we're gonna have to. You've got to at least go do the. Um you you have to go do the the arrivals for today cuz we double inspect the arrival rooms just to make sure they're all good, right? Uh-huh. And as I'm there I'm like, man, we're only going to have a buffer of like eight rooms tonight. So I ended up having to go there after spears the day, inspected like 20 rooms real quick, including the arrivals, and I busted it back here. So Look at you. I'm I'm pretty tired. I'm I sorry. I do not want to do physical labor when I'm wearing sweatpants and a hoodie.
1: I <laughs> I feel like the hotel people hate me. I feel like they've got a bad impression of the Mike Rutherford show and in oh, turn no. Mike Rutherford because you're always having to leave them high and dry to come do my show.
0: Well, that's the thing. They know, and I, they've they've known this the entire time that they've worked with me, which has been close to five years now, but anything to do with sports or broadcasting or anything in the radio land, that comes first. First and, first and foremost, it is radio slash broadcasting for me. And they know that. I've, I've always been upfront about that.
1: I would just like to let them know, which I still don't even know what hotel you work at. You've been very mum about it. Hey, I don't want to tell you. So that's fine. I would show up. <laughs> if I was proud of it, I'd be more than happy to share it, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not proud. So I say this just to everybody in the hotel industry that may or may not be involved in some way, shape, or form with Justin Kalen. If you're mad about him being drug, it's not my fault. I can't stress this enough. Direct all your complaints to trevor at gmail.com. He will answer them. He will deal with them. It's entirely Trevor's fault, um, <sighs> as is everything that goes wrong on this show. So my deepest and sincerest apologies I don't, I don't to think you. there's any sort of animosity there. For what I feel part. like the whole, this is why like, I can't create ho- good hotel rooms anymore. Mm. I'm blacklisted. Maybe so. In this city, it's just it's it's all happening. Uh but we are happy to have you here Scoots. Scoots will fix any technological problems that we're having.
0: By the way, I think I have to go back after the show as well. Oh god, I'm sorry. Sucks.
1: That yeah. does suck. I mean, you got to put like what like like 5:30 a.m. probably. Uh boy. 45, yeah. Good lord. That's
0: too much. You're doing too much. I am. He's I'm going to get a vacation one of these days. I keep saying
1: that. He's a jack of all trades. That's tricks. my new year's
0: resolution for next year. I'm going to take more time for me.
1: My new favorite thing too is just like whenever Trevor Is talking about something that's wrong. I'm like, you know, Scoots could fix this. Scoots could do this.
0: It's very much. I did hear you yesterday. Call me your uh, tech guy. I'm very much like the the wife
1: who's like your brother-in-law. Your brother could fix this. I just like I do that all the time, and it drives Trevor crazy. Not crazy enough for him to actually try to do something to fix the problem, but it is just Scoot. I was, uh, I'll say this on air, my wife will be kind of embarrassed, but she was talking. Like, you were on one of the last times, and I was talking about, you know, he was like, I was like, Scoots fixes everything. He's taking that, he's doing great stuff. And Mary's like, I think he's really funny. And then she was like, she's like, and he's single. I was like, yeah. And she's like, you know, he's like, maybe we could hook him up with like my Come sister. Come on! And I was like, no. I was like, I don't like no him good. that much. I was like, I don't like him wow. that much. I was like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not going that far. Uh, Trevor was like, what the hell? All right, well, I'm here. I'm like, right. no, Trevor. Well, you're, you're obviously way down the list, but Scoots isn't. He's not. He's got more work to do before we get to that point.
0: All right, well, let's throw out sister and let's keep other
1: people in mind.
0: Friends, we can do that. Yeah. We can, right. we'll keep an
1: open mind right. you're on the list sweet work that's,
0: that's all i could ever ask for just be on the
1: list i've tried to play matchmaker before you know more it was more of a thing like in my like late 20s early 30s mm-hmm. like now it's kind of you know it's you know when you get to this point it's like you know everybody's kind of for themselves or people can they have dating apps now it's it's easier now than it was 10 15 years ago i feel
0: like i have two what well, i guess two two sets of friends that i uh directly was involved with getting them hooked up now See? they're
1: married I've done That's it. A few, I've done it a few times it, when you were like late 20s and people were making up, breaking up, and doing all this stuff. Like I, I tried to do it. It always went poorly, and like I always thought, <laughs> I'm like, this is this is great. Like like these two people, I love her, I love him. This is gonna work, and it never went well. And it only created awkward moments because then you know we're all still hanging out together. We would see each other at various points to be like, oh, this is this is where we went on our date that went horribly, and like it, I, I always felt you kind of have in the back of your mind that they're holding you personally responsible. You know, it's just yeah. like, I, I don't know, it, just, it, it wasn't a good thing. You're like, I feel like this is my fault. So I, at a certain point, I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. But what? maybe I'll get back into the game, just for you, Scoots. Sweet. We'll try. We'll, we'll keep an open meeting. I mean,
0: if, if all else fails, I mean, I've already been
1: single for 12 years as it is, so. I mean, I already did Who throw cares? out speed dating at the quarry, which was just rejected by both you and Trevor. I yeah, know. I mean.
0: Maybe idea. maybe pick a better location. I don't know. Know. What do you want me to say?
1: <laughs> uh, we want to hear from you today on the Thornton Sachs Line. 502-414-1450 is the number to text in. Some of you have already done that. More of you, I'm sure, will do so in the moments to follow. Scootay, I'm curious. So, we were. I was leaving today. Our street, we're very much in the, the the holiday spirit now. I got all the decorating done on Saturday. You
0: got a nice little Christmas sweater on over I, there. I've got the Christmas
1: sweater on yeah, today. Looks great. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling festive. Um I I feel like our house looks good this year. Our streets looking good. Everybody's getting you know, We at one point on Saturday afternoon, it was like six straight houses with all the guys out on ladders just getting the trees up. Nice. You you famously you you live, you have a roommate Gill, you guys act out TV shows together. Uh, it's it's an interesting relationship. Do you in Sports and, place too? Sports place too. It's you <laughs> you're acting out the the, the 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 kick six all the time. You're doing that stuff. the, the watch shot is an every night occurrence in, in your household. <laughs> Do you guys who does the decorating duty? How's that divvied out? Or do you even decorate for the holidays? No, we do not decorate. Now, I did
0: say, I said this year, right before Halloween, that I was going to, in the next two or three years, I was going to start loading up on holiday stuff so we can decorate. And then I got gifted with, some Halloween decorations. My grandma, a couple pumpkins. There was a a skeleton, a bird skeleton. So we put those up for Halloween. But that's yeah, that's the extent of it. We don't have any Christmas stuff that I can think of. Maybe I'll go home and look today. We might we might have a few things laying around I could hang up. I want to get but mad. my house. My house, Mike, is if anyone walked in my house, I mean, you're just gonna laugh. Like there's there's nails from the previous tenant still in the wall, <laughs> and they're just randomly placed everywhere. And if I think it looks like a good spot to hang something, I'll hang it there. I got Mardi Gras beads <laughs> hanging up in my in my living room. I've, I mean, it's wild.
1: This sounds a lot like. College where where I lived in my twenties. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say before I moved in, I, a buddy of mine bought a house. I lived with him for a couple of years. I did have like my Mardi Gras beads from twenty twelve New Orleans Final <laughs> Four, like on my wall. Like I'm like, this is all
0: sounding. Mine aren't actual Mardi Gras beads. They just say Cleopatra, so I I claim it as Mardi. Well,
1: Gras. I mean, it's, it's all sounding very familiar, <laughs> and I do think I want to kind of like crap on you guys, but for not having decorations up. And then I just kind of remembered that our first year that we lived in this house together, we had, like, nothing. So much so that it was, like, depressing, and my mom came over, and she's like, well, I need to give you guys, like, she gave us this little, like, reindeer that we put on the mantle, and this was, I guess, like, 2010, 2011. It's when Teddy Bridgewater was the man for Louisville football, and so we just called him Teddy the Reindeer. It was, like, our our only decoration that year. And then we had a little bit more in the next couple of years. I think a lot of put up some lights on the outside, my buddy Brandon, and we still have Teddy the reindeer to this day, and every year I get him out. and I'm like, here it is. Here, here's Teddy. Send him a picture. I'm like, it's, it, he's still kicking. He's in front of our cardinal tree downstairs now. But humble beginnings.
0: We'll be, we'll be fully decorated in three, four years. If I had to guess,
1: we'll, we'll be that cool Christmas lights house. It is a process. It is. You yeah. just add more every year. Uh, we've got lots to get to on, on the, the, the transfer portal front. It's kind of, kind of an odd week for Louisville sports. It's like I said yesterday, there was so much to react to to the weekend with the Louisville. Florida State ACC championship game, the fallout that came from not just Louisville losing that game, but Florida State getting snubbed in the college football playoff, the the ripple effect that led to Louisville going to the Holiday Bowl. We had a basketball game on Sunday that people seemed to just completely forget about, but there was some reaction to that. The net rate, like just all this sort of stuff to react to. And, and now you flip the page to Tuesday, and you realize there's not we, we don't really have that much going on the rest of the week in terms of actual games. Little so does that
0: mean we're not going to talk transfer portal?
1: We are going to talk transfer Damn portal. It. I'm sorry. We're I was. On. It was funny before you got here. I was talking to Troy, and he
0: goes, "What do you? That transfer portal going crazy?" And I just looked at him. I was like, "Troy, this is the start of probably two months of my least favorite months of
1: sports talk radio. Just cause I used hate to transfer used to portal. Hate it. I'm. It's not my favorite thing in the world. I do." I will say, I like it more than traditional recruiting talk, because these guys have actually played college games before. Yeah. I think you have a better sense of who's good and who's not, and sure. some of these names are familiar that you're talking about. With recruiting, like I'll dive into some tapes and like some reading about a kid, when he actually commits or when he signs, but like I can't Every recruiting story for you know the, the last 10, 15 years, and I get that it's profitable. I get that everybody's like, you gotta talk recruiting, guys talk recruiting, because it's always you know the, the the sky is always sunnier in the future for everybody. People want hope moving forward, and that lies with recruiting. But every recruiting story is like, hey, this kid's pretty good. Hey, he took a visit here. He liked it. He might come here. That's every recruiting story ever. Like I can't spend my entire days reading that story 17 different times we in were, one day. We were the last. We were the last school that got the visit. He's for sure coming. I
0: mean, that's always good news
1: at least that's a detail it's better than like (laughs) that's true he was a standout junior for this school he's got a bright future his coach thinks he'd be a great fit at louisville he enjoyed his visit he's heavily (laughs) considering the cards and it's like then it's he goes somewhere else next week it's just like I, i can't do that but with transfer portal stuff you've got more information on these guys i think you have a better sense of who's a legit prospect because portal guys they're not just wasting time if they're listing you if they're taking visits here they're genuinely interested because they've got a limited window to make a decision. All these guys that are in the portal now, they want to be enrolled for the next semester. They want to go through spring practice. They want to get you know as much time as they can to get acclimated with their new surroundings, their new styles, their new playbooks, all, all that good stuff. So it's going to move fast. And When's the portal close? I mean, the, the, does the portal ever really close? I, don't, I can't even keep up with the window. I, like, I, I want to say it's December thirtieth. Now is when like the, is the first window that closes if you want to be good to go for the next semester. But I, th- I mean, look, you can transfer at any point. It's like standard transfer rules apply for for kids in the semester. It's just you can't, I guess, go through spring practice if you do that.
0: Okay, so the option is there to finish your current year wherever you're at, and then go in the form. yeah. Okay,
1: which is why I mean, it it, it sucks. is there another
0: portal in the summer? There's portals everywhere. Yeah, that's a, see, that's why it's just so exhausting. It just is, it seems like it, a yeah. never-ending
1: process. It, it, it is, and what I hate about it is. The way that it's set up now discourages, so, so the portal opened yesterday, uh, let me correct myself, I said December 30th, it's January 2nd is the portal window for right now. So it just, like let's say that you just wanted to, you, you want to go elsewhere, but you want to play your bowl game for your current team, like you know you put in a full year, maybe multiple years with this program, the bowl game is supposed to be a reward for a great season, it's supposed to be the culmination of that season, and let's say you want to play your bowl game, but it's happening on December 29th. Like you're, you're kind of screwed. You you got no time to get in the portal you, unless you're going behind the back of your current program and like reaching out to teams and being like, "Hey, I'm not in the portal yet, but I'm going to be for two days." You've got no option but to go ahead and just skip the bowl game, skip out all the weeks of practice, and it does feel like you're sort of bailing on your team because, I mean, look, Louisville had has had a couple of guys now enter the portal who played some relatively large snaps this year. You know, we had Popeye Williams, who was a big time recruit yesterday, um, announced that he's going into the portal. It didn't play a lot this year, but was a guy that maybe could step into a big stepped into a bigger role next year. But then today, you get Cameron Wilson, who did play a lot of snaps at defensive end this past season, who a lot of people had projected as a starter next year. He was a guy who was going to play in the bowl game, and now he's in the portal. You're not going to get him. You're going to have to replace his services. And this is the way it's going to be. It's why bowl games are so difficult to project now.
0: So does portal automatically mean not playing in the bowl game? Yeah.
1: You're you're, you're on the market. You're done. You've left your program. Yeah, that sucks. It does. The the whole whole setup of the sport is dumb.
0: Would a later closing of the portal help that, you think?
1: Maybe like the first week of January? I guess, yeah. I mean, theoretically, but I I understand that schools are like, we can't just – enroll kids for a semester three weeks after it started it, it, the whole I mean, thing kentucky is just in with big z well that's yeah, that's <laughs> kentucky they, they find faxes all the time they, they, they do what they got to do to make sure the guys are eligible but we, we've got portal stuff to get to but you don't have any games this week the, I mean, you, we have volleyball on thursday which will be fun they'll play in the ncaa tournament on, on at noon against creighton so we'll have that to react to but basketball no games this week until the, the the game of all games, the game of the century on Saturday at Paul, which mm-hmm. is 40 minutes for the rest of our lives. Uh, you know, football is, is off until the 27th now. As far as what we're going to hear is, the, like the team has a little bit of time now. I think they're they're taking this week off. No full practices because of finals and stuff. So like you're not going to hear any substantive information on U of L football, their current team, in the preparation for USC for another couple of weeks. So it's just kind of like you know. You get a, a few days here where it feels like not quite summer radio, but almost summer radio. So you know, it, I wish we could have stretched out some of yesterday's information to, to today and, and beyond. But we can we, rehash if you want. We'll do the best we can. We we, we have to rip on the ACC a little bit today. Because, wow. Yeah, we, you're going to do that. We're going to have to. We've got no choice. The the leadership in wow. the ACC. This is big. Is uh, atrocious. There, there there've been a couple of inside baseball stories that have come out today that demand attention. One. Is Heather Denich talking about the Caldwell Playoff Committee and their route to pick Alabama over FSU? And it very much is like your dumbest sports buddies watching a game and being like, "This guy sucks." These guys, like that's how Florida State got excluded from the playoff. They basically were watching the Louisville game and they were like, ah, they they look crappy. They're terrible." Like your buddy who overreacts to everything the second, like, and I think a lot of Louisville fans had this friend, <clears throat> excuse me, on Saturday who, you know, just. They 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 go very quickly from Louisville's great. This is a fantastic season to when Louisville has a couple of bad plays. Like we suck. We're terrible. Get get this guy out of here. Brahms a bum. Like that was basically the playoff committee with Florida State. Like they watched one game and they were like, they look pretty bleepy. They can't be in the playoff. That was it. We'll talk about that. And then the sequence of events that transpired on Sunday, with the ACC and their bowl games, they were not. You know. They seemed very confident that Florida State was going to be in the playoff, which is fine. That, that's, again, unprecedented that a, a power conference team with an undefeated record has been left out of the playoff. It had never happened before. It's fine to, to believe that and to have your set of bowl games sort of laid out with that in mind. But, my God, like they had no contingency plan for Florida State getting left out. You had to have at least known that it was a possibility, based mm-hmm. on the way that people were talking, that Florida State may get left out. And Jim Phillips and the entire conference, they had no pivot. Like They were completely unprepared for this, so much so that one of the big bowl games got drawn out of a hat. We're going to talk about that. It's a pretty wild story that makes the ACC look pretty bad. Also, making the ACC look bad and something that a lot of people have mentioned, you know, the the ACC is is, is clearly the most frustrated conference right now in college football. You had not not only did you get left out of the playoff, you had an undefeated team that got left out of the playoff in favor of two one loss teams from other conferences. This could have been easily avoided, and we made a lot of jokes when the alliance happened last year—the Big Twelve, Pac twelve, ACC alliance—and. How they were going to to fight for change together, and then nothing really happened, and then they disbanded. The Alliance is the sole reason why we didn't have an expanded playoff this year. And people have sort of forgotten that. Jim Phillips argued against it. They tried to hold college football hostage because, you know, we've got valid concerns. You need to hear us. And people were like, all right, what are your concerns? And they're like, well, we think it's not fair what's happening. And they're like, well, what's your plan to fix it? We don't have one. Like, they could have... You, you, you could have worked on other stuff along the way while also expanding the playoff and not putting yourself in a position where this was at least possible. And, and you know the ACC sort of reaped, reaped what it sowed um, because its leadership has been so crappy. So, we're going to talk about that. We'll get to all that good stuff. And then, of course, we're going to hear from you on the Thornton Sexton at 502-414-1450. Maybe we can play a little holiday in my The A-Hole. Maybe not today, but maybe this week. I know Scoots, oh, you're we big, have. To. you're a big fan. Oh, yeah. You're a big fan. We have to. Uh, we have matter
0: of fact, if we don't, I'm if we don't do it tomorrow or today, I'm not coming back on Thursday. So, okay, up to you. Well, that's, that's quite the seems
1: like Wacky Wednesday,
0: or no? What do you all call it? Weird, weird Wednesday. Weird Wednesday.
1: Yeah, it's quite the threat right off the bat here. It's I mean, it's the first segment. We're already just threatening to leave. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I'm, I'm assuming. Tired. I know. I'm sorry. I I, I do feel bad because uh, you. I was
0: gonna tell you we should probably avoid the two part questions today. Stick to one part questions. Might, might forget the second part. That's fine. Brain's kind of shutting down.
1: Now you did. Uh, so I,
0: I heard. True, Trevor Kelsey.
1: I heard a very small part of KRC this morning. Hey-oh. After company man, drop the kid. Yeah, drop the kids off. I always I always flip on KRC once I'm I'm done listening to Rudolph or whatever. Um, taking the kids to school, and I heard you made a wild claim this morning <laughs> when I was listening. Here we go. So what I say? You've been doing that show for what? Like like three four years now. Uh, yeah, I think three. Yeah. You claimed that you have never gotten less than eight hours of sleep. Okay.
0: That, I mean, I, that was clearly an exaggeration. There's obviously been a few times where I have not gotten eight hours of sleep. Because if but so- not, More times, that, I, I I bet I bet 95% on eight hours of sleep before KRC. That's pretty outrageous. I mean, like- You can ask my roommate. I, I go to bed before 9.30 pretty much every night. God, I envy you. you it, you're doing the right thing. If I make it to 10, it's a- Miracle.
1: I've always been a night owl. I always was somebody, even before, because you know, now with with kids, it's it, it's one of the few things that's not overblown when it comes to having kids. the, the lack of sleep is very much a very real thing. That you're just, on their time. It just never changes either. Like you, you, keep waiting for the moment where, like, oh, I'll catch up at one point. You know, because REM sleep is one of those things where if you don't get enough, you just you you have to make up for it at some point. You just never make up for it. You're you're just constantly tired. But even before I had kids, I didn't sleep enough. Like I always stayed up way too late, uh, got up, you know, at at a semi-normal time, and just never made up for that sleep. I I don't like I probably have had eight hours of sleep from like the age of sixteen beyond maybe like five percent of days. I feel like just, (laughs) just yeah, outrageously bad, terrible for your health, I'm sure. But I was, I was impressed and shocked and almost in disbelief when you made that claim this morning. I mean, on the weekends, like
0: Friday night specifically friday night because i normally work on sundays
1: I, I mean i'm getting at least nine ten. it also felt a little bit like bragging considering that you're doing the show with two guys that do have when small it, children
0: mike when it comes to sleeping yes i very much <laughs> brag i have said for years if there was a top 25 for sleepers I firmly etched in the top 25 I mean I'm, I am one of the best sleepers in the
1: world I'm terrible I, I even when like I'm dead tired like I'm, I'm all over the place I'm a very restless sleeper I've got like the uh, we've got the Fitbit watch thing mm-hmm. and it basically every morning I look at it and it's like how are you alive like like you should be dead you, you got one hour and four minutes of sleep and like you look at the sleep monitor and I don't remember like doing this. Like You look at it, and it's like you were awake from 2.30 to 4.40. I'm like, no, I wasn't, but I, I guess I'm so restless that I never really get that deep sleep. It, it's it, my, my sleep numbers are bad. You know the secret? What's that? Beer. Wow. Yeah. Beer is the secret. I can't do that either. Melatonin is <laughs> the only thing that helps me. I'm rocking that pretty much nightly now. All right, we're going to get out of here for, for this segment. When we come back, we'll talk about the transfer portal, the latest news. Two big-time quarterbacks have emerged on Louisville's radar. Cards fans are excited. We'll discuss that. After the break, it's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. <laughs> the biscuits no i mean yeah because i'm on it but i know but you can tell me I, I, just, I have no idea it is community community never seen it always heard great things
0: how do you feel about tv show tuesday
1: i said this last week trevor so trevor's been doing tv tuesdays now i think this is like the fourth week that he's done it where the the music is all tv theme shows mm-hmm. he's gonna run out of steam in like three weeks He's, I would think so too. He's gonna yeah. run out of TV shows. He's gonna start googling TV shows. He's like, well, this show sucks. I'm not. Gonna. He's already using the the songs for shows that he's never watched before. Because hmm. I know he's never seen Community. He's not the biggest office I bet guy. Bet he's in the world. seen Community. I, he's. I think he said before that he hasn't seen Community. Hmm. He he doesn't. He, that and like Parks and Rec. He like he always heard good things, but he had no real interest in watching it.
0: That's hard to believe. Yeah.
1: So he's like. I think that this is gonna be. By the time March 2024 rolls around, we won't be doing TV Tuesdays anymore. <laughs> That's my bold prediction there when it comes to that. But weird, like like random Wednesdays, I think he'll he'll keep that. No, around.
0: he he actually asked me, he was like, do you want me to send you mu- music Tuesday, Wednesday? Because he knows Thursday I'll do the country day. And I, I was like, Trevor, no. I was like, send me music for Tuesday all you want. I was like, iPod Shuffle Day sucks. We're not doing that. <laughs> but he likes it, so he's going to keep he it around. Does. So we're not going to have iPod Shuffle Day tomorrow.
1: I can't control. Just so you know, him. he's like the kid that already lost the opportunity to discipline. Like he's he's 13 <laughs> now. He's he's too far gone. Like if you wanted to instill something, if you wanted to let him know that you're the boss, you had to have done it at a younger age. And now it's it, it's too late. It, it's like when Steve Cragthorpe came here and he was a players' coach at first, and the the players just started cutting class and smoking a lot of weed. And then he tried to become a hard ass, and just nobody bought it. Like I I can't control Trevor at this point. He is who he is. Oh yeah. People are like, can you make him shut up? I'm like, no, never. It's just like, why don't you tell him to stop? I'm like, well, he, he's, he's not. He's gonna do what he wants to do.
0: He's double your size. I That's wouldn't <laughs> tell him to shut up either.
1: Yeah, but I can run. I, I get That's away true. from him very yeah. quickly. He'd have to like stand up to do something. So I can, I can pretty much say whatever I want, <laughs> as long as he's not within like arms' range reach of me. That's fine. Uh, let's talk about the transfer portal. Louisville heating up. Louisville, one of the biggest players uh, again in the transfer portal, seems to be the way that this is setting up. I saw 24-7 Sports listed 10 teams that are poised to dominate the transfer portal this offseason, and they had Louisville in that group, which is is not surprising. I think Jeff Brom has made it known they want to be, I mean, portal program may be overstating it, but look, they haven't done as much damage on the recruiting trail as maybe people thought they were going to, given the types of recruits that they were in on the last couple of years. They're number 50 in the country right now with their 2024 class. And most people are just assuming it's because they're going to do what they did last year, which is go out and nab some of the bigger players in the transfer portal. Uh, Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports talking about Louisville being one of the teams that is is poised to be the most active in the months ahead said this. He said, new hotness. That's the way that Louisville's success has been described within the industry coming out of a second-place finish in the ACC under Jeff Braum. The former Purdue coach completely reshaped the Cardinals roster last offseason and will do the same this time around, shifting his focus to filling needs with instant impact targets. Louisville is ascending in the Power Five, and that's always attractive to transfers. New hotness. It's also what we call uh, Trevor Kelsey when he (laughs) he comes in with a new haircut. Never, never called him that. (laughs) He's never been called new hotness in his (laughs) life, but that's what they're calling Louisville. So, Louisville haircut. He's got, he, he doesn't he's, get those either. He got his haircut recently. <laughs> I think, I said recently, it was a few months ago.
0: Did I, uh, he, I didn't, I don't think I've seen you since then. But so when I shaved my head for the whole Stone Cold bit, yes. he asked me a couple weeks after, he was like, You think I should do it? He brought that up on the show. And, and I, I told him that he should shave his head, keep the beard. I think it'd be a good look for him. I was like, Why not at this yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. Just, just changed it up a little
1: bit. It's better than the long hair. Yeah, he he looks unkempt a, a lot of times with the hair. It's just kind of all over the place. And I, I get when you reach a certain age, you want to hold on to the hair you've got. Trust me, I'm jealous. I would love to have that option. But at a certain point, if you're not gonna like, if you're not gonna do anything with it, it's time to just bring it on home. Can it's time you? To punt. I think I need to
0: see your hair today. So you always talk about your thinning hair, but yet every time I see you, you're wearing a ball cap.
1: So I don't know. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen your head. I mean, I'm. I, it's gone. Like I, <laughs> I, I. I keep it very, very. Tight. It's it's been gone for a while. I I brought it home like two years ago. So it's (laughs) there's nothing there. And that is the thing. I've I've made this. I've said this before. Like, one of the annoying things about losing your hair early, because I started losing mine in, like, my, my mid-20s, where it was getting, like, kind of noticeable, mm-hmm. and people would say, like, oh, you're wearing hats now to hide it, like, it's insecurity, and people who have known me since I was a kid, like, I've always been, like, the biggest hat guy, right. like, just constantly wore them, and so I did, like, I, I became, like, I almost wanted to, like, stop wearing hats so I could come off as not self-conscious, which was a self-conscious thing to do, <laughs> so that that was that was always kind of annoying, but yeah, I do I always just throw the hat on, even though now I've got... Nothing to hide. There's not. There's nothing there anymore. It's fine. But as far as the back to the portal somehow the the quarterback position. There's been a lot of talk this season. Questions. We I mean, we got this question like two weeks into the year. Do you think that next year starting quarterback is on this roster? And I've consistently said I don't. I think that if somebody steps up, wins the job by just having a monster offseason, that's great. That that's fantastic. But I think that the staff is probably planning on having a, a similar type of situation next year as they had this past year, where you go out there, you get a hopefully bigger name from the portal. They come in, they win the job, and it's theirs to keep. And if they lose it outright, then great. You say Pierce Clarkson ahead of schedule, Brady Allen ahead of schedule, whoever wins the job ahead of schedule, that's awesome. But I do think that the the most likely route is we find our starter in the portal, and in, in Louisville. Is now getting in on some of the bigger names that are out there the portal at the quarterback position. We heard a lot about Tyler Shuck. We talked about him yesterday, the Texas Tech and Oregon transfer who was officially on campus yesterday, doing a, an official visit, meeting with the Brahms, going over you know whatever you go over on these transfer portal visits. But it sounds like the staff is not—they're not married to Tyler Shuck at this point. We've heard them on the list of some other guys. Um, we know that Howard from Kansas State. Has at least been offered, but by or talked to by Louisville. Will Howard, the the quarterback transfer who led K State to the Big Twelve championship two years ago and had them in the top twenty five for most of this year, we found out today though one of the bigger names, and this is not something that I'd heard. But Pete Thamel, like just about an hour ago, was talking about DJ Uyunglele, the former Clemson quarterback who played this past year at Oregon State, and he came out and said that you know a return to the ACC is very, very possible for DJU because the two schools that are recruiting him the hardest and the two schools that seem to be the leader when it comes to his pursuit right now are the two teams that just played for the conference championship, Louisville and Florida State. This is, I don't think these are the only two schools. It's not like this is a Louisville versus FSU decision. DJU's uh, his coach at Oregon State, just took the job at, um, at Michigan State. So there's a clear option for him to go there. He also, Jonathan Smith is the coach's name, who I'm thinking of. Apparently Mississippi State is also interested. Ole Miss is interested. There's some back-and-forth mutual interest there. But Louisville, if you're looking for why Louisville would have an in here, it's an interesting scenario because DJU played at the same high school, St. John Bosco in California, that produced Pierce Clarkson, that produced a former L commit DeAndre Moore. We'll see what happens there. And Pierce Clarkson and DJU's dad are, or Steve Clarkson, I should say, Pierce's father and DJ's dad are very close. It's why there was a little bit of rumbling last offseason when when DJ announced that he was transferring from Clemson, that Louisville could be involved in the mix. Louisville was also recruiting his younger brother, Mateo, who ended up going to Ohio State, but Louisville was definitely a factor in that recruitment. So there are some some ties here you know, that hold the Steve Clarkson, the West Coast uh, brigade that has led to Louisville getting some kids from Cali and from that area of the country, it could be a factor here when it comes to DJ Uyunglele making his next choice. And, and DJ U had a good year this past season for Oregon State. Mm-hmm. After being very up and down at Clemson, he ended up throwing for about 2,500 yards, 22 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions this past season. Uh, led uh, 21 touchdowns and 7 interceptions, I should say led Oregon State to a top 25 finish. They've been in the national rankings for most of the year. They were definitely a factor in the Pac-12 title race. He he, he looked good, and he's always been a big kid with a huge arm. It's just been a matter of getting him in the right system and getting him to make the right reads, and sort of that intermediary passing game is where he struggled. So, I think DJU, he's the number 7 overall player in the transfer portal, according to ESPN. Uh, he is behind, if you're looking at quarterbacks, just Will Howard from Kansas State, Dante Moore from UCLA, Riley Leonard from Duke, who's going to go to Notre Dame. Cam Ward from Washington State, who's probably going to go to USC. And then Dylan Gabriel is the number one player, the transfer from Oklahoma, who it sounds like is probably going to wind up going to Oregon. So, pretty good company. He's ahead of McCord. He's ahead of McCord. Wow. On this list, at least, um, he's ahead of Grayson McCall, the kid from Coastal Carolina. So he's Kyle McCord is is thirteen. Grayson McCall's in the portal? Grayson Grayson McCall's never going to stop playing college football. What in the world? He's been playing for nine years. He's in the portal. What? Number 10 on this list, by the way, uh, is Thor Griffith, the defensive tackle from Harvard, who said yesterday he's going to take an official visit to Louisville. This is a guy who uh, scholarship offers from virtually everybody, defensive tackle. He would help a lot wherever he goes. Said he wants to play at uh, at, uh, Ohio State or Michigan. But he's already received offers from Oregon State, Michigan State, Cal, Minnesota, and Louisville and says that he's definitely going to visit Louisville. So that's good news on that front.
0: Louisville should just go after all the guys with badass names. I mean, they've already got Storm Duck. Thor
1: is a pretty sweet name. Thor is an awesome name. Just, just get all the guys with cool names. Yeah, I mean, like I said when we first were in pursuit of him, if you name your kid Thor, th- there's really only one of two ways it's going to turn out. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're throwing him into the fire right away. He's either going to be like a badass football player or he's just going to get his ass kicked a ton growing up. Like sure. there's, there's no. I think I said like there's no accountant like middle road like slightly a, you know, upper middle class Thor. And then somebody texted me was like I'm actually Thor and I am an accountant. So there's, <laughs> my apologies to that Thor. But Thor Griffith is going to visit Louisville. You mentioned the other big name that popped up today, Kyle McCord, the transfer from Ohio State. He was their starting quarterback this past year. He was the a former top 300 recruit. Uh, Did not play that well for them down the stretch. I think he threw seven interceptions this year, and five of them came in their last five games. Mm. So, started to sort of draw the ire of the Ohio State fan base. They've got a couple guys coming in. that They're also active in the portal. And McCord, I think, saw the writing on the wall and said, I'm out of here. Before you can take my starting job away from me, I'm going to go find somewhere else to go. Now, Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports said, There are eight teams that stick out the most for Kyle McCord. Miami, NC State, Rutgers, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Nebraska, Pitt, and Louisville. He said Kyle does not want to go to a lesser Big Ten opponent, which would you, you would assume would knock See out you, Indiana. Nebraska and Indiana, uh, and Rutgers, I guess, on, on this list. He said he really does not want to be in a position where he would have to play Ohio State again. I don't think that's something he wants to do. He wants to go somewhere, um, a, a rising power conference program with a coaching staff that can develop quarterbacks, which would scream Louisville. Um, I mean, he was, for all the criticism that he got from Ohio State fans, this is still a kid that ranked 14th in the country in QB rating. He completed 65.8% of his passes, threw for over 3,100 yards, 24 touchdowns, uh, and led one of the biggest name programs in the country to an 11-1 regular season, whose only loss is on the road to the number 1 team in the country. So, Kyle McCord, look, checks a lot of boxes. If you're Louisville, and you're looking for an upgrade from Jack Plummer, and but still someone who kind of fits that same mold. Experienced, power conference guy, good pedigree, can run the type of offense that Jeff Braun wants to instill, good leadership. like McCord is, is, is all those things. So I think seeing, because Louisville fans, their reaction to, to Tyler Shuck has been tepid at best. I mean, some of it has been pretty just angry. Like, this is not an upgrade. This is not who we wanted. We want to go out and get one of the better players out here. I think the reaction to DJ ungulale or Kyle McCord would be much, much more, I think it's already been, much, much more excited. I think the Cardinal fans, these are names that they recognize. These are names that they've seen win at a high level before. So, like, these are, these are interesting times. I'm curious to see if Louisville gets either of these guys in for a visit, if they can compete with some of the bigger names that are out there. But it's it's very clear, with Louisville being linked to multiple quarterbacks in the transfer portal, I and mean, they were linked to Howard from Kansas State, they were on his list of eight schools, that they are in the market for a starter, which kind of, you know, people are like, why isn't the starting quarterback on this year's roster? It may be they clearly think that they need a contingency plan, they need somebody that can come in here and, and be the leader from day one and who, who you can look at and say, this is your job to lose. What? I mean, why do we even recruit anymore it's kind of I mean this is college football like what, what why Why are we playing games well, and nothing y- really matters anymore
0: and you may not know the answer to this but if you had to guess what percentage of teams rosters nowadays are coming from the transfer portal via or versus freshmen coming in I mean it's got to be For guys that have been in the program so you're talking about if we, if we have guys on the roster so you have got hundred guys on the roster how okay. many how many are from the portal, ha- and how many are guys that were recruited to Louisville and have been at the Louisville for the duration of their career
1: I don't I mean it's not 50 50 but it's getting to a closer ratio I feel like you think right?
0: you think the recruited guys are still leading that
1: race yes for, in, for in, now for most teams yeah but that's pro I mean God like you I mean you look at the not, not Colorado. Not Colorado. I mean, hell, like you know, we're one of the teams too. I mean, we brought in what, like, twenty nine transfer portal guys last year. I just
0: don't see the point in wasting all that resources and time and money on and recruiting high schoolers
1: anymore. I think if you can
0: go out and get whatever you want and to fill your team every single year,
1: I think Jeff Brom and his staff agree with you. That seems to be where they have have put the bulk of their focus the last couple of years. They still want to go out there and get some guys that they can develop and do things. I think it's like the conversation that we had with basketball when Kenny Payne was saying, you know, he doesn't like using the transfer portal. He likes to do things. He used the term the right way, which I think made a lot of people cringe. <laughs> the best teams in both college football and college basketball are finding a way to combine the the two different routes. Mm-hmm. You're having, like, I don't think that you can win with just portal. I don't think you can win with having, like you said, the, the, the Colorado way, where it's if you've got well, that was evident, yeah. yeah if you've got 95 scholarship players, 71 of them are, are are guys that didn't start their career at your program. I, like, I I think that it has you've got to have more continuity than that. You've got to have guys that understand what it's like to be in the program, guys that just have have gotten better over time. But I also don't think that you can win without the transfer portal. And you, the the classic example of that is Clemson. Clemson just ref, they're the one major program out there that refused to change with the times. They said we don't want to do this. You know, we're not paying our assistants top dollar anymore. We're not going out there in the transfer portal. We're doing things the Clemson way, by God. And what did it get them? Eight and four seasons, and back to being just like, eh. Good but not great Clemson, where you're playing Kentucky in a bowl game. It's you know, Clemson in UK. They've played like five times in a bowl games. I feel like this is a nice little throwback. Like this is what you want, Clemson playing unranked uh, Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. This is what you're going to get if you don't go go after it in the portal. And I think now they're finally starting to change a little bit.
0: I, I do want to touch on something you've said a number of times, and that's with the development of the quarterbacks. Wasn't there like 16 quarterbacks on the roster this year? 14. It was Nine. some astounding number. Nine.
1: Okay. At one point, there was more. Well, they all played. I think it was it was astounding because they all nine of them played in one game against Murray State. So if Louisville is so
0: good at developing these quarterbacks, I, I just don't understand how there's not one on the roster now. Is it, is it just a, is it one of those things that? hey, in this day and age, we don't have to take that chance anymore. We don't have to throw out this kid that hasn't had many reps versus we can go out and get a guy that we've seen on tape for three, four years now. I mean, is that the mindset? Because I just I don't understand. If they're so good at developing quarterbacks, they should have their guy already.
1: Well, I think the issue – I mean, keep in mind this is – Jeff Brom wasn't the head coach this time a year ago. So it's not like he's had a ton of time to develop. And these, are, these yeah. aren't his quarterbacks outside of one guy that he brought over that he knew from purdue and brady allen i mean this is the one year anniversary of scott satterfield being announced as the cincinnati head coach today is this is the anniversary. nice where were you when the world stopped turning when scott satterfield was announced as, as the cincinnati head coach
0: it's my sister's birthday today so i'm gonna say uh, having dinner with her well
1: happy anniversary. <laughs> easy, easy for me to remember and birthday to scoots sister but <laughs> yeah i mean you gotta remember we're talking about having nine quarterbacks on the roster Six of those are, or five of those are walk ons. I mean, in Harrison Bailey is technically a walk on who came over. So you brought in Jack Plummer because he knew the system and because he had a little bit of pedigree. Sure. Behind him, you've got Brock Doman, who's a former Juco transfer that had no other scholarship offers besides Louisville. You had Evan Conley, who was going to Appalachian State before he followed Scott Satterfield here. Both those guys are six year guys, they're gone now. So the only guys that you're talking about developing are Clarkson, who's a true freshman this past season, mm-hmm. Harrison Bailey, who's a walk-on who flopped at Tennessee and UNLV before this, and then Brady Allen, who was a redshirt freshman coming over from Purdue. So if you want to say, like, why isn't Allen further along, that carries some weight because Brom was his coach at Purdue, and he looked he, he looked bad during fall camp, and, and he was apparently the, the, the sixth man on the depth chart. Everybody else is either a walk-on, or a guy that, that Brom was kind of forced into coaching because he was already here and, and had a limited skill set. So, if you want to make that case moving forward, I think you can look at how they handled Deuce Adams coming in next year. The, the only freshman quarterback in their current class. Because they've been very vocal to people about how much they like him. like They think that he can be the quarterback of the future for this program. And he's a Jeff Brom guy. Like, like they recruited him. They went. They fought him. They found him. They pursued him, and they think they can develop in, into something great. So, if two or three years down the line he's not doing anything and he's looking in the transfer portal, then I think that that argument can carry some weight. But for right now, I mean, you know, they haven't even been here a full twelve months. They haven't really gotten the chance to to get their mitts on these guys and, and mold them and develop them. But we'll see what they do moving forward. I think you just inadvertently answered my question.
0: Okay, because so Deuce Adams is going to come in. Pierce Clarkson and those other clowns you named, they're all going to be like, oh, well, we're not ever going to get to start here because Deuce Adams is here. And they're all going to bounce. Maybe So you're going to – I mean, you're – the opportunities that you're going to get to to develop these younger guys that you're recruiting, I just – I think they're going to become far and few between.
1: I think you're right. I mean, I, I look at – I mean, hell, look at the Heisman Trophy finalists that were announced yesterday. Michael Penix. Let's go Penix. Transfer. You know, Bo Nix. Transfer what three of the four Jaden Daniels transfer all three of the quarterbacks that are finalists for the Heisman Trophy are transferred. We read the numbers before the start of the season. The projected starting quarterbacks in every all five of the major conferences, at least half of the starting quarterbacks were guys who didn't start their college careers at their current school. I think like the glamour positions, especially, you're going to see guys that just don't want to be patient, guys that are, and it's because. Every major school, the Oklahoma's, the Ohio State's, the Bama's, the LSU's, the whoever's, they're going to sign a five-star quarterback in just about every class. So that puts you in a position where you've got multiple five-star kids on your roster every single year, and one or two of those guys is going to see the writing on the wall if they're behind a, a a redshirt sophomore or a redshirt freshman who's taken over the starting reins and be, and be like, you know, I can sit here and wait and maybe have a chance 2 or 3 years from now or maybe they go out in the portal and they land somebody else. Like I don't want to take that chance. I want to play right now. I want to prove my worth and be ready to go to the NFL when I'm eligible in a couple of seasons. So, it may not be the Bama starting quarterback job that I envision, but being the starting quarterback at, at at Louisville or you know, Oregon State, somewhere like that where you still have a national platform is a, it's a better fit for me. So I like this isn't going anywhere. And you've no. seen like like I mean all these quarterbacks. And major programs too that have been like Burrow is is was a transfer. Um some of the the best quarterbacks we've seen in recent years. I mean Jalen Hurts ended up transferring out of Alabama and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just going to continue to be a thing and I think that Louisville is, is going to utilize it. Like if you it's not a terrible spot to be in right now because let's say you know this Dante Hall kid at UCLA is by all accounts, going to go to a a big-time program, get a huge deal. But somebody like him, a kid who's a former five-star recruit, maybe top five in his class, who's a redshirt freshman, but just stuck on the depth chart behind somebody who's really good and who's going to be a start, like, maybe that little becomes an attractive option for them. Like, you're still, like, you're playing in a power conference, you're playing a couple of spotlight games, you've got a coach who is renowned as an offensive mind, who loves molding quarterbacks, who sent multiple guys to the NFL. Like, Louisville could wind up finding itself in a better spot when it comes to quarterback situations. Conversely, if you if you are able to go out there and land a Teddy Bridgewater or a Lamar Jackson like you have in the past, like who's to say in this day and age, Lamar Jackson wouldn't have left Louisville after winning the Heisman Trophy as a sophomore and, and gotten a gigantic NIL deal from LSU or, or USC or one of these programs with just bonkers NIL money and said, like, I loved Louisville. But I want to go somewhere where I can win a Heisman Trophy in my last season, and taking the money and run. Like who say Teddy Bridgewater would have done that in his junior season? So, like I can see why Jeff Brom maybe would err on the side of going out and getting these portal guys because it seems like a safer play for him at this point. But it's a it's. There's got to be a market correction at some point because
0: – Oh, no, that's not possible. We, we've we already op- with, we've opened so Pandora's ridiculous. box. We it's, really have. It's over. I mean, it's it's going to be like this for the rest of time until they come down with some big oh, – we're, we're changing it. I mean, it would It's, it's gonna, so ridiculous. It's going to take a massive overhaul to to correct what's been done already.
1: I mean, you've heard, and and I've heard from some people at UofL within the program talking about what they're hearing as far as the NIL deals for some of these quarterbacks. hmm And it's like it's NFL money that they're talking about here. I mean, Cam Ward, you knew, and this is what sucks about college football too: is he's in the middle of having a good season at Washington State, and people in late October are talking about what specific schools are going to offer him when he's in the portal. It's a foregone conclusion that this kid's going to be a free agent in like a month and a half, and. We're here, like USC. We're hearing is going to offer him two and a half million dollars, and who's going to be able to compete with that? And this is going to be the bidding war, and this school is able to offer that, and it just like you used to hear about this stuff when it came to basketball recruiting <laughs> when it was illegal. So I guess it's better that it's out in the open, but it is crazy. I mean, you like it just reminds me of like the old uh, the old AAU circuits when people would go to these tournaments and they would hear like I've heard that uh, you know this school is offering two hundred K for this kid, but now the money is is outrageous and it's. It's out there in the open. and it's Like you said, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Real quickly before we get out of here uh, for this hour, I did mention we've had a couple more names in the transfer portal for Louisville. We had five guys enter the portal yesterday. Uh, Today, three more have added their names. Uh, We had the previously mentioned Cam Wilson, who played big-time snaps this year. Raheem Craig, defensive lineman who was, uh, I think, very well thought of. And then um, Isaiah Reed, offensive lineman, also is in the transfer portal now. So, seven defensive players, one offensive player. We also had Josh Minkins kind of elaborating on his decision to go into the portal. We'll talk more about that coming up in hour number two. We'll also take some texts from you guys at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy Tuesday to you. Hear from all of us at 1450 and 96. one. The Big X. I mean, the TV Tuesday thing, it's a fine idea, but I feel very strange leading into the second hour of a sports radio show with the Rugrats theme. At least you knew that one. I did. I just, its I don't don't know if this is the best idea. I mean, that's kind of where my mindset was at. Thank you, Trevor. He's not here, but he's still here in spirit. It's the second hour of the Mike Rutherford Show, Tuesday edition. Here on fourteen fifty nine six one the Big X Justin Kalen AKA Scooter Dingus is in the house though. Whoop, whoop. Before we get to the uh, the Thornton sex line for the first time today, I did I, I teased the story earlier, but the the chaos that was going on behind the scenes in the the world of the ACC brass after Florida State got left out of the college football playoff again, just zero contingency plan whatsoever for a a scenario that was very real and very much in play according to everybody who covers the sport after the events
0: of Saturday night. Can I just get a question off off the table right from jump? Why couldn't Boo Corrigan, give him a heads up? I mean, mean, could Boo not just be like, hey, y'all, we're not getting in, (sighs) so you might want to plan on what, what else needs to happen?
1: All of this stuff is so ACC. The fact that they were there was no expanded playoff in large part because of the actions of the ACC commissioner and that the committee that left off, Florida State, the undefeated ACC champion from the Cotton Bowl playoff, was headed by an ACC athletic director. It's all—it's just so ACC, and so is this story from the Athletic today that is talking about how once this FSU snub happened, nobody had any idea what to do as far as the other bowls because they they thought they had it all set up. Louisville was going to the Orange, Clemson was going to the Pop Tarts Bowl, you know, NC State was going—I think—to the Holiday Bowl. Like it was—it was all set up. And then the snub happens. Florida State has to go to the Orange Bowl, and nobody knows what to do at that point. It takes like six hours for this to all get figured out. And here's the the the, the one key part I, I think is that FSU snub also created the situation where you know Notre Dame is a factor for certain ACC bowl games. There's some that they share tie-ins with. You know, the ACC has to send a team to this bowl game one year, and then every other year they can send Notre Dame and all of a sudden Notre Dame becomes a player for bowls that had no idea that that Notre Dame was even in play for for instance the the Sun Bowl where they end up going El Paso they have a war room there's a party that they're hosting for 300 guests and they're waiting forever for, to hear from the ACC because they're like what w- what team we don't even know who the potential teams are we think it's UNC or Miami but we haven't heard from you guys in 2 hours Finally, they get the call, they, they get the, hey, log on to the Zoom call, we're going to have this meeting, and the AC tells them, you can choose between UNC, Miami, and Notre Dame. And the guy who runs the bowl game, um, Duke Olivas, says, we were shocked. In our weekly meetings with our football committee and our board of directors, Notre Dame never came up. We had no idea what happened above us. Unsurprisingly, all three bowls were Notre Dame was listed as a possibility, listed Notre Dame as their top choice. Per the ACC official, the league then followed its prescribed process, which led to an attorney writing each bull's name on a piece of paper and then drawing it out of a hat. He twirled them around, twirled them around, and Michael Strickland read the name Sun Bowl. Oliva said, Alevis then went to announce it at the party. Only one problem. No one had thought to include Notre Dame among the row of helmets displayed on the table in front of them to announce their choice. Standing next to Tony the Tiger on one side and the Sun Court lady-in-waiting on the other, Alevis raised his arms like an Olympian who had just won the gold, and the crowd erupted. The game sold out within 24 hours. So there you go. Notre Dame ended up in the Sun Bowl by virtue of an attorney riding three bowl possibilities on a hat. And then drawing out Notre Dame. This is <laughs> this is a billion dollar industry. College football is, and we've got multi million dollar decisions being made by drawing names out of a hat. Seems like the right way to go about it. It's so perfect for like, this is the, and I still love college football to this day, but it's the dumbest sport imaginable. The the layout, everything that goes into it, the fact that so much is just revolving around money. It's just the absolute dumbest sport in the entire world. And this is exhibit, you know, 5623. It's just all all ridiculous. But there you go. Well, Louisville ends up in the Holiday Bowl, Clemson gets the Gator Bowl, NC State goes to the the Pop-Tarts Bowl, and then everybody else is following in line, and we end up with Notre Dame drawing its bowl selection out of a hat. That's just it's just insanity. <laughs> Way to be prepared, ACC. The Thornton Sex lines 502-414-1450. It's here from you guys. See what you have poppin'. to say. Texture says, In the spirit of transfer portal season, how many players use chat GPT to write their thank you letters to the fans? I mean, you think that, you assume that all these players, because, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's to the point now where, you can see a graphic and know instantly that it's a player entering the portal. It is the same like layout. It's a graphic. It's an image of like the player doing something for their old school. It's like an active shot of them like rushing the passer, or throwing a pass, and then there's this long message that's written out. There's no way that all these players are, are writing this themselves. Like they've got somebody's doing this for them, <laughs> and I don't know if it's Chat GPT or whatever, but yeah, they, they've got. There's help there. Do we have the capability
0: to take a chat GPT and insert it into a word document and change some things if we don't like them? Is that a is Probably. that a thing?
1: Yeah, I'm sure it is. Okay. I mean the computer might kill you.
0: That's The whole this whole the whole technology thing is really tripping me out. The whole chat GPT. I don't like it at all. Now with AI, it's yeah, I don't like any of it.
1: I'm definitely one of those people and this is when I guess you start to show your age. But I'm I'm at We don't have to do this. I I keep thinking this. I'm like, have you never seen any sort of science fiction movie? It always ends poorly for the humans that create something that's smarter than them. I feel like we just need to we need to stop. We need we need to just not do this. I agree. We've come far enough with technology. Let's just you know you know the Amish had their line where it's like this is where we're done. This is the the perfect time (laughs) to stop doing. I think this this is our Amish moment where we're like we're done. We're just not going. We're done evolving. We've done too much. It's wrecking our brains. It's creating a situation where we could become extinct. Let's just stop right here. 2023, this is our Amish moment. We're, I don't, we're drawing I, the line.
0: I don't know why I've never thought of Amish people not advancing, but, you're, I mean, you're so right. They
1: At one point, they were like, this is- There's civ- like no no new technology. Civilization like. is perfect right here. We're just going to live in this this time forever. Don't, don't care what happens around us. This is where we're sticking. I kind of want to be Amish
0: right now. Oh, that's perfect. Well,
1: move to my- uh, Home County. iPhone There's 13. There's plenty of them. I'm done. Like This is this is the only iPhone I need. I don't need anything else. I'm good. I said that after six. <sighs> Texas says, Scooter Dingus, got to make him say no. Got to make him say no, guy. He's got a new candidate every single day that he says we have to make him say no. I will not say no. Scoo- yeah, you, you. this is the first candidate that I think I feel 100% confident would take the job at Harvard. I'm a yes man. Texas says, are UK fans really dumb enough to think that they are in a better bowl than us? Well, I mean, it's it's on the same tier as as us. You've got the so that the way that the ACC is set up is the playoff is obviously the ideal option. And then the biggest bowl tie in they have is the Orange Bowl. And then after that the tier one games, there are three of them, are the Pop-Tarts Bowl, the Holiday Bowl and the Gator Bowl. So all of those are kind of in the same stratosphere. But I mean if they want if you wanted to say I mean they're playing a nationally ranked opponent, I guess that's their argument. Playing top twenty Clemson is better than playing seven and five USC. Bowl games are all the, the whole landscape is just ridiculous. I mean, we're ten and three with a good year. You would you rather play like a seven and five USC, who's one of the bigger brands in college football, even without Caleb Williams, or would you rather play like a nine and three? I don't even know who nine like like uh, maybe a better team, but somebody that doesn't have the same cachet that doesn't pop the the way that USC does i think it's like i'm excited aren't aren't you both
0: playing opponents the pop yeah i mean for sure like clemson and
1: usc are big
0: college names
1: but i'm saying like would you're like would you feel better if we were playing like a top 25 team that just didn't resonate as much with people the way that usc does like uh, arizona yeah something something like that now arizona's pretty good they are but somebody uh, along the same lines like i'm I'm kind of excited to play USC. We've never played them before. It's one of those helmets that, like, you see the like. I think there was a question we had on the radio show a few summers ago about if you could pick a program that you've never played against in football to come like do a home and home with you. Who would you pick? And USC was on both Trevor and I shortlist. Like, just imagining them walking into Cardinal Stadium, I, I think is a cool thing. Like, it's just one of those. You think about those uniforms. You think about the fight song. You think about like they are synonymous with college football. So. I'm excited for the game in that respect. I get that it's a you know it's not the same as it is when you're playing them at full strength or when they're they're better. You know, said they had a terrible end of the season, but you know, bowl games are. It's this weird mix of like a reward for some of the players on your current roster and a jump start for the season ahead. Like it's no it used to always be like this is the last game. It's the biggest game. It's the most important. Uh, but now when you've got 41 bowl games and the transfer portal is a thing. Like every single year, you're going to have teams that are a shell of their former selves. You're going to have teams that are playing without their head coaches. You're going to have teams that are playing with with, you know all the sort of rumors. So you will have guys like like I mean Jack Plummer is the perfect example, like where this is kind of like it's his swan song. It's probably the last big football game he's ever going to play. You're thanking the seniors that have done their time, but you're also going to play some guys that are being thrown out there as true freshmen who have maybe played in like just one or two games. Um, Like Maurice Turner, case in point, last year in, in the bowl game against Cincinnati, we had. Basically two running backs and he was gonna play way more than he'd played going into that game. And it was a nice little jump start for for his season this year. So it's a again, it's the dumbest sport alive. It it just is like it's it's so silly, but it's the way it is. Texas says the DJU news is interesting. They and the Clarksons are apparently pretty close. I don't know if that helps or could cause friction. I do think like one of the things that I heard about Steve Clarkson, the first things, when when, when Pierce signed and, and when Jeff came on, was that Steve was very, very instrumental in not just—he like, wasn't just agreeing that Jeff should go out there and get a quarterback for the transfer portal. He was like, I'll help. That, I, I think, shows that—this is a guy who's worked with some of the best quarterbacks in the, in the country for years. That shows that I think he was cognizant of the fact that his son was not ready to be thrown in there as a true freshman. And I think if he's going out there and he's getting DJU for this year, maybe it's cognizant of the fact that that Pierce still isn't ready to be the starting quarterback as a redshirt freshman, and maybe he needs one more year to you know hopefully get a little bit of playing time as as a backup this season if he's good enough, and then maybe Uwe Unglele can hand him the reins for for 2025. I don't know, but it it is interesting to me that you've got the dad of a current quarterback potentially going out there and helping Louisville land a kid that would be above him on the depth chart, Mm -hmm. almost certainly. Texture says, um, I don't even know what this was in reference to, but definitely works at Louisville Manor on Dixie. Oh, is that guessing where, Sto- where Scoots works? Uh, no. <laughs> now I am curious. I am staying far away from Dixie. Texture says, can Scoots get the show on Spotify?
0: If SoundCloud doesn't send it to Spotify, then no, I will not get the show on Spotify. Hmm. Find, find other ways to listen. Hmm.
1: There's so many options these days. We got to branch out, people. We do have a few people that are just, like, furious that we're not on Spotify and just, like, will not listen on any other platform.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: Texas says, I do not want DJU. I appreciate what Jack did for us, and I would rather have him for a second year. Well, Jack's, he's out of eligibility, so he's not coming back. This is it for Jack. Say your proper goodbyes over the next couple of weeks, because the Holiday Bowl will be his final game as a Cardinal. Uh, TJ texted in. TJ. TJ said, Mike, is that dead cricket still in the corner by you? Let me me look. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. Had not seen it, there's a dead cricket in the corner, for sure.
0: Huh. I vacuumed last week. Must have been, must have happened within the last week. It's a big old cricket. <laughs> Are you scared? We'll You're, like, it.
1: backing away from it. Well, I'm just checking it out. It looks like it died of natural causes. <laughs> not stepped on or anything. It's the way we all... We should all be so lucky. Maybe it got sprayed with some Lysol. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll have to take care of it. Texture says, uh, Transfer Portal talk is way better than traditional recruiting talk. At best with traditional recruiting, you get a commitment from a guy who might make an impact two years from now. And that is if he actually signs and doesn't pull some bull on signing day. Also completely unrelated, Chuba Purdy still sucks. It's a fair point. I mean, you like seeing the news the last couple of days of guys that have been entering their names in the transfer portal. It's a lot of guys, you know, there have been a couple key departures. Josh Minkins played, was a starter for a lot of this year. Cam Wilson, we mentioned. Uh, Popeye Williams was a big name. But there also are a lot of guys that you haven't seen a ton of that you kind of are like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy from the recruiting class a couple of years ago. I remember like he was kind of like a three-star guy. I kind of liked him or, you know, I didn't think he was going to do much. And, it, like, it, it, it is recruiting, traditional recruiting is getting involved in the current class and then sort of forgetting about the guys for a couple of years ago and then being like, oh, yeah. Didn't realize he was still on the team. I kind of forgot about that guy. He made an impact. So that's why I think the portal is is more fun for a lot of people. Texas says Scoots' big trip trick is sleeping, to sleeping is beer. Scoots, are you sleeping or are you just passing out? Um, Probably about 50 <laughs> 50. I do
0: do the thing where I'll fall asleep on the couch watching whatever's on and I have to wake up and be like, oh make the walk of shame to my bed i've done that before <laughs> yeah i do that probably
1: twice a week it happens it's fine To it hey mike i love my Brom, but i am a little concerned that he will be too loyal to his first string quarterback hopefully not like tom george being too loyal to coach patino and end up losing his job do you think any of the current roster qbs or recruits have the skill set or ability to be developed into a big time guy that can get us to the next level i mean that's the question it like It's it's also the question that none of us have the answer to. I think it's one of those weird things that we get as fans where we're just like thoroughly upset. Jeff Brom and Brian, I'll give Jeff all the credit. Brian doesn't deserve any (laughs) credit. Jeff Brom and his coaching staff—they have a very good track record with 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 quarterbacks, and so it's it is a little bit crazy. I don't think you just like defer to the coaches all the time. There's there's reasons why like every coach is going to make mistakes, and there's reasons why fans and, and radio people and you know, weirdos like us like we will we'll criticize some of the things they do. But when it comes to quarterbacks and, and, and significant decisions, I think it's always interesting to hear people who are like, it's got to be Pierce Clarkson. Like, why is he not playing? I'm like, well, Jeff sees him every single day. He sees all these guys every single day. And this is the conclusion that he's made. I don't think it was playing plumber this entire season. I don't think it was out of an overabundance of loyalty. I think it was that he thought that this was the best guy for the job, and that everybody behind him made our likelihood of winning games a little bit less. and look he he went he won ten games this year and a lot of those were close. If you're talking about who because I haven't heard that much about the quarterback's improvement since the summer. I, I did hear a decent amount of stuff in in the spring and Pierce was out for you know the the entirety of the spring. he had the the toe injury. he wasn't fully ready to go for the first couple weeks of fall practice. so, I did hear that Pierce came on stronger at the end of August than they had initially thought. I think that they were more optimistic about his future the more that they saw in practice. He's a guy that has a strong desire to learn the playbook and really grasp the playbook, understood the offense. I think that maybe there's a little bit of limitations as far as his size and arm strength are concerned. But then you've got guys like Brady Allen and Harrison Bailey who do have the prototypical quarterback size and arm strength, who just, you know, some of the intangibles aren't really there. So, It's a curious thing where Clarkson maybe, he's got the pedigree, his dad develops quarterbacks, he comes from a prestigious program. I think that he's got a great understanding of the game, a great feel for the game, but guys like Bailey and guys like Brady Allen, Brom looks at him and is like, I can mold this into an NFL quarterback. It just hasn't quite happened yet. I'm, I'm very interested to see if any of those guys enter the portal, because it does seem like Clarkson seems like he's here to stay. Like you, you've seen him commenting on some of the guys that are leaving, and um, he's been—you know—he commented on Raheem Craig's announcement that he was leaving today, and just, you know, th- there's never been an indication from him that he's unhappy here, that he's looking elsewhere. But Brady Allen was the sixth man on the depth chart this year. He looked a little lost when he was out there in August, and and you know, very clearly was the the odd man out as far as the scholarship quarterbacks were concerned this year. Maybe he looks elsewhere. Uh, Harrison Bailey. I think that they he, they really like him. Like like they think they they can maybe do something with him. But does he run the risk of being on the depth, you know, second or third on the depth chart in his last college season if Louisville goes out there and lands Kyle McCord or DJ Ongulale or somebody else? Um, so I I, I want to see what ha- I think if we hear news on that front, it'll go a long way towards letting us know which quarterbacks. The Brahms and the rest of the staff feel have a chance to develop into a starter, whether it's next year or a couple of years from now. Um, but it's it's going to be a fascinating battle. Whoever we bring in, Texas wasn't the guy named Thor who got arrested by the dumb St. Matthews police for making the burned down Trinity joke when Brahms didn't come the first time. Yes, that was a ridiculous situation, and his name wound up being Thor. He's very funny on Twitter. He's back now. He's on, he's on Twitter. He's doing great. He's doing the Lord's work on Twitter again. He was the guy also who didn't get enough credit for back when you could you could sponsor tweets that would run as like sponsored you know, promoted tweets that would only go in certain areas of the country and the summer before we were playing Alabama in Orlando, he took out the he like sponsored a tweet or promoted a tweet that only was promoted in Tuscaloosa that said like it was promoting the fact that emphasizing the fact that Louisville had never lost Alabama before he only played one time and it was like, You know, Louisville, undefeated record against that. And it was like only showing, these Alabama fans were just losing their damn minds. It was wonderful. (laughs) Uh, That was brilliant Twitter work back when Twitter was all fun and games. Texas says 62% of all D1 games this season were started by transfer quarterbacks. The average college basketball team this season has an average of five and a half transfers on the roster. Over 1,100 players entered the basketball portal last offseason. And it's been look, and since it's been a thing, it's been more and more every single year. I don't think that's going to change. Like this is just this is the way of the world. This is um it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And like I said, I do think that you can't just rely solely on the portal. I do think that you have to have a, a solid core of guys that have been in your program for for two or three years. But you've got to have those portal guys mixed in. Look at the last few college basketball national champions. They've all had that, that perfect combination of, hey, this guy's been in our program two or three years, he's playing a big part, but we also went out and got this. Tra-. And some of the transfers that have been starting for national championship teams are guys that are in their second year with the program. So they have a little bit more of an understanding of what it takes to play for Kansas or play for Baylor or play for whomever. So it's just like, that's the route. like that's the, That seems to be the magic formula right now.
0: By the way, Thor guy had another text. Normally, I wouldn't call you out like this, but I thought it was pretty funny. He said, on yesterday's Ryan Russillo pod, he mistakenly said Trevor Kelsey instead of Travis, <laughs> but caught himself and corrected by saying Trevor Kelsey, not nearly as popular. <laughs> you know, it made me kind of smile because I know he isn't the best.
1: I missed that one. That, that's a good text. That is a good text. Uh, God, that, that's very funny. People who don't even know Trevor Kelsey. <laughs> Ryan Russillo, big fan of the show. We appreciate you listening, Ryan. Um, Texas has scoots. They aren't so good at developing quarterbacks. Oh, this is an angry guy. It's a false narrative. Those idiots try to push for some reason. Look at Brom and the QBs he's coached, and none of them did anything in college or in pro. Aiden O'Connell was a walk-on who's starting in the NFL right now. (laughs) What do you want him to say? He coached at Western Kentucky and Purdue. Do you want him to have, like, seven of the starting quarterbacks? He's got two quarterbacks that are in the NFL right now. Who's the other one? David Blau. Oh, my gosh. He doesn't count. Well, he's in the NFL. He doesn't count. Ain't no Is he still with the Lions? Uh no, he's gone. He's, he's with somebody else now. Okay. He, he got cut last year. This is Angry Guy. Why are you, why are you so angry guy? I mean, of all the shots you could take, the world is your oyster right now to grill Louisville. Going after Brahm's ability to develop quarterbacks is like the last thing you should be doing. <laughs> uh Texture says, what quarterback says Brom develop is angry guy from the his other his other number. <laughs> he did this he did this yesterday too and thought he was slick. What quarterbacks has Braum developed besides Aiden McConnell? First of all, Aiden O'Connell. You asked this question like like four months ago, too, and we listed all the guys that are out there. Texas, I was thinking about yesterday's show about all the fans mad at Jack. The last two weeks, I've been more upset with the DBs. They had five to six interceptions in their hands and only came down with one. If anyone on the team could catch a ball from farther than 10 yards out, there would be zero hate for Jack. The receiver DB drops have hurt us worse than he has. The defensive drops were like after the Ben Perry one last week, because Jalen Alderman dropped his second in as many games, and then Ben Perry dropped the one that was right in his breadbasket. And like my friends were texting, they were just like, All right, we gotta do something about this. God, those
0: back to back ones the other night were brutal. I know.
1: It was like get the get get the pitching machine out there. Like get get the hands drills going.
0: I was in a weird spot the other night, by the way, because I had placed a money line bet on Louisville. But after seeing how all the other college football games play out, about halfway through that game, I start I turned to let's
1: go Florida State.
0: Florida State, you gotta win, just so it's as much chaos as possible. It was the
1: chaos, yeah.
0: I, like I was rooting for
1: that angle. If I were you, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, because Louisville beating Florida State would have made the committee's job very, very easy at mm-hmm. that point. For sure, because um, the disaster scenario was always Alabama beating Georgia. If Georgia wins, you're you're safe. Like you've got three undefeated power conference champions, and then Florida State. You say, hey, they're the power conference champion from the ACC. They're undefeated as well. Get them in there. They didn't lose a game. But the Alabama having lost to Texas already this season. Threw a wrench in everything. And I love how Texas just doesn't get, like, everyone just keeps comparing FSU and Bama. No, like, Texas just gets a pass in this. They jumped from eight to three for beating a whatever Oklahoma State team. So if Louisville
0: would have beat Florida State, we would have had, or in Georgia would have beat Alabama, it would have been Georgia, Michigan,
1: Washington, and Florida State. I think, no, I, like, it's a good question. Like, I, I think they probably would have gone with the four major conference champions. And then kicked Louisville out, like they said. Like, or Florida th- State. Yeah, if Louisville beats Florida State, I, I said that wrong. I mean, if Florida State beats Louisville and
0: Georgia beats Alabama, okay, we would have had what Georgia, Michigan, Georgia,
1: Michigan, Washington,
0: and, and then Texas. Texas, yeah. You think they still would have been in Texas over Florida State? No, no,
1: no, 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 Let me correct myself. I think you. I think Florida State would have been in because that and Texas because then it snow. becomes an easier like, like yeah. the easier rationale is yeah. four, We have five power conference champions. Four of them are unbeaten. But that One does, has a loss. Let's put Florida State in there. like It's easy. That doesn't change
0: the fact that they're still looking at them from a future perspective.
1: Well, yeah, though. but they're hypocrites. Like, like yeah. They're not actually doing that. Like, They're looking at it from the perspective of it's either Florida State gets in or we have to leave the SEC out. That's what it all came down to because you can't have Alabama in if you don't have Texas in because Texas right. beat them on their home field by double digits. And then it, you can't have Florida State in. Because you're gonna to have to leave Bama out, and that leaves out the entire SEC. That's that's what it came down to. If any other scenario played out, you've got very easy sells. Mm-hmm. Either four undefeated conference champions are in, or if if Louisville beats Florida State, it's we've got five power conferences. One of their champions has two losses; it would be Louisville. The other four have zero or, or one losses. The winning conference championships matter. Like they harp on what's convenient on a year-to-year basis, and this year was the one year where there was just no like there was no easy sell, and so they went for the. Our job is to pick the four best teams, which again is like one of the stated criteria that's out there, and that was their selling point. That was their hammering point. It didn't resonate with a lot of people. It did with some, and thank God this is the last year that we're doing this. It's silly. Uh, take a break when we come back. More from you guys on the Thornton's text line. We'll also talk a little bit about this Heather Dennett story about the behind the scenes for the College Football Playoff Committee selection process and what their reaction was that led to FSU getting snubbed. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 961 The Big X. <laughs> So, um, the cricket in the corner definitely was not dead. <laughs> I touched it, it moved. It's dead now. I'm also not 100% sure it's a cricket. It was a cricket. It came apart very quickly when I stepped on it. Wait, so it's dead now. That means it did not die of natural causes. It did not. It, did, oh, it died from well, my foot. here we go. Pete it is coming. It was murdered. Wait,
0: what was that? Knock on the door? Oh.
1: I'm fine with it. <laughs> Take me away. I'm a cricket killer. Coming my house during my radio show. You're going to get got. Cricket's dead. It's gone. It's done. Poor guy. It's okay. Yeah, I feel a little bit bad. But it, it just it, like, it dissolved when I stepped on it. Do like you do that
0: at your house, too, in front of your kids? Do I kill bugs? Yeah.
1: If I have to. Unbelievable. I'm a man willing to protect his family. Heroically. You can put
0: it in a napkin and bring it outside, you
1: animal. I do that sometimes. We have stink bugs every now and then. That's mainly because of the smell. But I, Oh, it, yeah. You squash a stink bug. You're in for it's, it's it. It's bad. But if there's a spider crawling around near my kids, I will heroically step in and murder that spider <laughs> to save the lives of my children. No questions asked. Uh, welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show. 1450 961 The Big X. Before we get back to the text line, I wanted to talk about the story that came out, I guess it was yesterday, from Heather Dinich of ESPN going behind the scenes with the college football playoff committee and their decision to... Include Texas and Alabama and exclude undefeated Florida State. And there's a whole lot of stuff in here that just really, really drive home how inconsistent the selection process was. I know there's no there's no perfect way to do this. Oh, that's the one I read earlier. You read that? Yeah. So okay, so you've got some frame of reference. Yeah. Your old friend uh, Mitch Barnhart featured heavily in this.
0: Yeah, I did, which I did not realize that he was
1: on the selection. Committee. How is he's on every selection committee he is, yeah. somehow? I mean, he started this whole thing. He's the reason why Louisville basketball is dead. <laughs> if he just included Louisville in the twenty twenty one tournament, <clears throat> excuse me, and not made them the first team left out, Chris Mack probably still here. He's thriving. He's killing it. And instead, we are two seventy nine in the net rankings. <laughs> but they talked about. What led them to choose Alabama and Texas over Florida State? And you know they they hammered home the whole like, you know, we're we want the best four teams and at the end of the day, blah, blah 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 blah. But the way that this whole thing played out is a little bit it's weird to me. They say it, the, the whole belief, like they, they went in the night not really knowing what they were going to do. But according to Dinesh's writing, she said it wasn't until the ACC championship game began to unfold, though, that the members' opinions truly began to take shape. The group grew concerned as it watched the Knolls struggle to get a first down in the first half. There's a section in the committee's protocol that specifically refers to the unavailability of key players that may have affected a team's performance during the season or likely will affect its postseason performance. That allowed the committee to do something it intentionally avoids every other week. Look ahead. People really wanted to talk about it, a committee member said. We don't really have that conversation while we're watching games, but we've got to talk about the elephant in the room, what just happened. We talked about 13-0. We talked about the teams they beat, and they were a conference champ. All of that, it took a while. I just think it's such a weird thing to do, to be like, one, lost in all this is the fact that the quarterback that Florida State was playing against Louisville was not going to be the quarterback that that played in the college football playoff. Tate Rodemaker, their backup, was in concussion protocol. He would have been available for the the semifinal game in a month. So, being like every time that Brock Glenn short hopped or open receiver over the middle, that should have had no effect on the committee's decision mm-hmm. because that kid wasn't going to be playing in, in the the semifinals. Two, it's also so weird that they're just like this game Matters more than everything else that we've done. It matters more than Florida last week with Rodemaker playing. It matters more than the like. It, it's just such a short-sighted way to look at this. I I just I, I don't get it. And as has been pointed out by other people, you know, Michigan, their offense put up less total yardage against Iowa, who's ranked worse than Louisville, and that was with their full staple of stars. So if we're gonna, you know. Yeah, but if you look clearly, at the de- didn't dock Michigan from being not just in the playoff, but the number one overall seed in the playoff.
0: If you look at Iowa's defense, though, I mean that was that was the equivalent of
1: beating Iowa forty-five to nothing. I know? get. I mean, twenty-two points is 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 whatever. I mean, it, it's just like I, I just they didn't look good doing it. If style points really matter, I mean, the landscape of the sport being set up in a way that Louisville would have been better served to lose that game fifty-five to nothing is outrageous if louisville loses to florida state 55 to nothing they're going to the orange bowl now they don't have a whole lot of faith in their ability to play with georgia after that type of effort but they would have been better served to not try to win their own conference championship if bowl games are the end-all be-all and lord knows the orange bowl is going to provide you with more exposure more money more everything than the the holiday bowl is going to be able to louisville should have just not tried in that game if they weren't going to win it they should have lost it by a million points and i it's just so well, strange we, to me that that's a thing well then
0: we would have all been cheated you know that i mean that's the way i'm looking at it if if florida state gets in and i know your mindset's completely different on this whole thing if florida state gets in the playoff we i mean we're cheated Nobody's gonna watch that you don't semifinal know that. game. First I of all, yes, they that. are. No, the, the playoff ratings. If it's Florida State, Michigan, no one's watching that.
1: No one's gonna watch a semifinal game between undefeated Florida State and undefeated Michigan. That's an outrageous statement. I mean, I just,
0: I, I don't think Florida State would have would have brought the eyes that the uh, four that they came
1: up with. It's Florida State. It's not Southern Miss. It's one of the, the six or seven biggest brands in college football.
0: No, I and I agree with that a thousand percent. But I just, I don't think with Florida State in, I don't think you would have got the sexy matchups that we got now. And well, that, that that may be a hot take, but I just if you if it was truly about putting the best four teams in I think Georgia got screwed. I think if Georgia goes, if Georgia plays Alabama and Texas 10 times, Georgia wins seven of those games against both of those teams. Totally agree. I think Georgia's one of the best four teams in the country. So if anybody got screwed in this whole thing, I think it was Georgia.
1: It's why the hypocrisy is so outrageous in this, because if you're, if you're saying it's just about the best teams, you can't have Georgia behind Florida State. And they've I got agree. Georgia yeah. at six, they've got Florida State at five. That says, this is the team that, look, we thought, you, know, you were talking about we think that Florida State would get pummeled by Michigan. We thought Georgia was the best team in the country last week. We mm-hmm. thought they were number one. The committee thought they were number one. They got beat by Alabama and now suddenly they're behind the team that they think can't play with Michigan or can't play with Alabama or can't play with Texas. It makes no sense. The AAC commissioner that was uh, that was quoted in the story too, I think it's the SMU athletic director mm-hmm. is talking about how if it's just about who we think is the best team, Liberty played nobody this year. L- Liberty played absolutely nobody. They went 12-0. They played the weakest possible schedule you can, and they're still the group of five representative in the New York Six games. They rewarded them for going undefeated. They didn't say, well, on a neutral field, they'd be a whatever point underdog against Troy, or they'd be a whatever point underdog against SMU or against Tulane. They still got in because of what they did, because they didn't lose a game. Because, like, so If that really is your criteria... The other rankings on your list don't reflect that at all. Like, it, it, it makes no sense. And, like, we've known this. It's not news that the committee is hypocritical. I was talking about last week how they use their rationale changes every year based on what's convenient for them. In 2016, when Louisville was flirting with the playoff for that entire year, it winds up like Washington gets in. Clemson got in, you know, and they ended up just going with conference champions, and they said, winning your conference championship is important. It's what separated this team from that team, and so we knew, like, as painful as it was to lose to Houston and lose to UK, the reality is, if we'd finished that season 11-1, we weren't going to the playoff regardless, because they said it's all about winning a conference championship. The next year, Bama doesn't win its conference championship. They don't even make their conference championship, but they look pretty damn good, and they're 11-1, and and the committee says it's about taking the four best teams, conference championships be damned. So they've always done this. We know it's hypocritical. There's no, to be fair, there's no fail-proof way to select four teams out of 133 when the sample size is 12 or 13 games. There's just not enough information, and it's why I think you have to err on the side of results mattering more than who you think is better because we just like nobody thought TCU was one of the four best teams in college football last year and even though they got blasted by George in the national title game they beat Michigan in the semifinals if you earn an opportunity to play until you lose you should have that right and I, I I just think that this the whole the way it was done is so transparent and so hypocritical and so gross that thank God we're not dealing with this moving forward and it's going to be largely forgotten because they're moving to 12 teams but it just was a it's a sham. Well, that being said,
0: and with that mindset, you talk about the conference champions. So they do have four conference champions in the playoff. Do you think that ACC was better than any of those conferences? Because I completely disagree. If so,
1: I don't. But I don't know that. You know, who's the? What's the SEC's best non-conference win?
0: Yeah, I couldn't tell you all that. It's Kentucky but. over
1: Louisville. How do we know that anybody from the SEC is better than anybody from the ACC? And people will knock the. You know, people keep bringing up the ACC had a winning record against the SEC. Yeah, but you played you know, Vandy and you played – well, Florida State played LSU, and they beat them to a pulp. They played Florida on the road. They beat them handily. A- again ah, – Florida sucked. They did, but you still they- – they beat them with their second-string quarterback who would have been playing in the semifinals. Here's what
0: it comes down to for me. So, Florida State is a 14-and-a-half-point underdog to Georgia, last I looked. Is there another team that's in the playoffs that Florida State would have been favored against? No. No. Does that matter? I, I mean, yeah, right. Doesn't it? If if you're wanting ratings and everything's all about money now, well, yeah, it, is. it does. I mean, matter.
1: That, and that's the problem. Like, it shouldn't be all about ratings and money. and whereas, it very clearly is.
0: Whereas on the other side of things, if you put Georgia in, how many of those four are they favored against?
1: Probably three of the four, right? At least three of the four. Exactly. Maybe all four.
0: And so I mean that that alone.
1: Just, I, I mean, you know I know else would have been favored against three of the four. Ohio State. That. Uh, According to the the, the the metrics, they would have been favored against. I think everybody besides but Michigan. Well, they, I mean, I think they would have been. So, some of the analytics have them favored against Michigan on a neutral field, because uh, remember they played them, they lost to them in the Big House. Mm-hmm. So that's different. Like if you're talking about teams that got screwed, if it's just about who do we think the best teams are, Ohio State absolutely has a conversation. Yeah. But they you know, they lost one game on the road to the team that we now have is the best in the country, and they're just this this afterthought. It's just all. At the, the day, at the end of the day,
0: at the end of the day, that you've talked you talked how we're going to the 12th team or next year. Could we have had a better scenario for our final 14 playoff? I mean, that was so much fun. I, me and my roommate, we, we had a Friendsgiving on Saturday, and it was about 40 minutes from my house, and we're sitting there listening to the Louisville game on the way home, and we talked for 40 straight minutes about, well, if if Florida State wins, if Louisville wins, who's in? Why you can't put this team in? Why you can't bat that team out? Like, it was so fun. And, and we – I don't remember having a year like this in the past where there was so much debate surrounding just six teams. And, I mean, you you talked about Ohio State. You could add them as a seventh team. So, yeah, it just made it fun. But I am ready for the 12th team. Yes,
1: yeah, I, I mean, like, de- I, I don't think debate when there's no – when it's never going to be resolved in sports is all, is all that fun. I, I I know that like I'm a minority there, because the, yeah, like, no, every ESPN show is a scream at each other in debate, and there's no going to be no conclusion. Like I like to actually see the debates answered at some point. Like We're never going to know if Florida State, even if they lose to Georgia by a billion in their bowl game or beat Georgia by a billion in their bowl game, it's not going to give us a, a, a realistic answer of what would have happened if they'd been in the playoff, which I think sucks.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, my, my point was just more so that College football is arguably my least favorite sport out of all the sports. I'll, I'd rather watch college basketball, NBA, NHL, NFL, all that. I'd rather watch
1: over college football. I just, so you're I just, saying it brought in like a peripheral it, o- like it, audience.
0: Well, it got me talking, and, and Gil's the same way. He's, he's not a big college football fan, but there we were talking the whole ride home about certain scenarios, why you can't leave certain teams out, why you got to put certain teams in, and it, it was just a lot of fun.
1: It is a little bit wild, because this was, what, the 10th year? They started doing it in 2014. The only other year where there was a huge, real debate, like like real drama and real, I think, valid arguments to be made for teams that got left out was the very first year in 2014 when Baylor and TCU didn't get in and Ohio State did get in, which, by the way, they were playing a third-string quarterback, and it helped that they had pummeled Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game with that third-string quarterback, but they went on to win the national title as the four-seed. Like, that was the only other time where there was this level of debate and this level of, I, I think, just ire after the, the, the four-team playoff was announced. I'm just glad. I mean, you have debates in college basketball every year on Selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. This team should have gotten in. This team should have been a one seed. This team should have been a two. And then the great thing is, like, you get an opportunity to prove it. Now, if you want, if you think that you should have been in the NCAA tournament, you, you don't get a chance to prove it at that point. But you had 30 games. And, and theoretically— if you're excluded, you had plenty of opportunities to prove yourself during the regular season. There's no scenario where like an undefeated college basketball team is getting left out of the tournament, which is the great right. thing about the sport. Um, and if you're a good enough power conference team, you're going to have a winning record in your league and you're probably going to be in the, in the field as well. So there's just like you have all these questions, you have all these debates, and then there's, it, it gets settled over the course of a 3 week tournament which is great and college football has never been like this it's it's the only sport that is set up in such a weird way where you can have like i just i hate the fact and i'm so glad that's going away that you can have a sport set up where you can win every game you play and not have a shot to play for the sport's biggest prize like it should just never be the case and that goes for liberty too like you know if liberty is you know this year they would have been in the playoff as the the, the 12th seed probably going to get trounced by the five seed on their home field in the first round. We don't know that, though. That's why you play the games. That's why it's fun. Like, you just, we think we know things. And last week's the perfect example. We thought Georgia was going to beat Alabama, and they didn't. We thought that Oregon was better than Washington, even though Washington had already won the game. Um, and, and Washington wins and kind of controls that game from start to finish. If we, I mean, imagine if the Pac-12 didn't have a playoff. And Washington, you know, we were like, well, we think Oregon's better. Let's put them in. It's like, well, Washington beat them, and well, they wouldn't beat them if they played again. We found out we were wrong about that.
0: I mean, at this point, isn't it up to Florida State to go prove the committee wrong? If you if you're mad and that yeah, you didn't get do? in, go go beat Georgia as a 14 and a half point underdog. I don't know. Maybe gives you leverage for future years. I don't. I don't know if it does anything. But it do it, it does, it does if nothing. you're if you're that bothered that you're not in the playoff,
1: just go out and stomp Georgia's head in. It's easy to say that. I think it's tough to to get kids to that that have kind of had their hearts ripped out to say, like, hey, you treat this like it's your national championship game. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. I, I just, I'm not going to base too much on what happens. Now, Georgia's
0: game. players, they're not going to be up for it. No, I mean, they, two straight years of being in a national
1: championship, now you get a meaningless yeah. bowl game. To be fair, like you know, it, this is gonna be a shot at ourselves. Like they'll be more up for it than they would have been if they had been playing playing us in that game. Like I can tell you that. So, like it, it's at least a big name brand, and you will have more eyes on that game than you would ordinarily because there is such a controversy with mm-hmm. FSU being left out. So, sure. um, like th- th- there's something to play for for both teams. Having said that, both teams are probably gonna have guys that still sit out that game. Uh, I mean Jared Verse, who dominated us, is going to be a first round pick. Maybe he doesn't play in the bowl game. Georgia's got first round picks all over the place. They're probably going to have some guys that that sit out the bowl game, which is you know it, it's what's it, it's why I want more games in the playoff too. Is it's felt like for a long time the bowl games are fun you're around the holidays. If you're not working, it's something to have on in the background at parties or to bet on if you're just bored on a Tuesday night and you got a game out there. But the reality is none of them really matter anymore outside of the playoff. You. I mean, guys are guys are, are skipping the Rose Bowl now when it's not a playoff game. The only games that, that players aren't skipping and that are treating like they actually matter are the playoff games. So we need more playoff games, and I'm glad that we're going to start getting some starting next year. What's the ceiling
0: for the whole playoff thing? You think we get like, to, uh, number like, of teams? You think we get to May 32
1: in our life? I think eventually. I, I think after because I do think it's going to be like a rousing success. Mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be one of those things that people look back at, and I've thought this my entire life. When it finally happens, we're all gonna look at it after ten or fifteen years and be like, "What the hell were we doing?" Like, like I'll be telling my kid in twenty years, back when I was growing up, like they didn't even have the number one and number two teams playing. It was like number one versus number seventeen and number two versus number seven, and we just guessed who was better, and that's how they crowned a <laughs> national champion. And he'll be like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life." So I think that because it's it's a it's going to be such a success, they will eventually expand it to sixteen. I don't know if you can go much beyond that. Money will will, will dictate everything for yeah. sure. Uh, I mean, look the the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. I think we're always perfect at sixty four, and they're still talking about expanding them constantly. They've already expanded the men's tournament to sixty eight. They're going to try to expand it again because there's money involved. So if they can take it to thirty two, they'll probably take it to thirty two. It's just at some point you would run the risk of having kids play like seventeen or eighteen games. And it just being too much, and then players opting out of the playoff because the pros are coming. Like, I, I, I do think that twelve will be great, and then eventually they'll go to sixteen. Here's what I also think is going to happen: I, I think that because right now the setup for next year is those first round games five versus 12, 6 versus eleven, seven versus ten, and eight versus nine are going to be at home sites. The the five through eight seeds get to host. I think the teams that get the buys into the quarterfinals are going to see. How awesome it is to host a playoff game! Like at some of these these sites. I mean, we've never had that situation before, where it's like, this is the national titles in play, win or go home. It's just going to be such a unique atmosphere at some of the some of these places that have been hosting big time college football games for like a hundred years. I think the, the teams that are in the quarterfinals, which automatically have buys to neutral site games, are going to be like, well, we want to host games too, and I think that it, eventually they're going to do. The, they're going to set it up to where. Rounds one and two are both at home sites, and then the semifinals and the finals are the only ones that are at bowl games. Just because, like, why wouldn't you want to host a game? It it sucks for the fans. If you're Ohio State next year and you're the number one seed and you three games to win a national title, you've got to go to three different neutral sites that could be all over the country over the course of four weeks. Like, that's a, a ton of travel. It sucks a little bit. It'd be so much easier if. Game one's in Columbus, and then you're going to Tempe, and then you're going to Pasadena for the national title. Like, I think that you'll see administrators start to say, like, "Well, we we want the gate from those games, we want that atmosphere, we want that home field advantage. It also gives us a better chance to win. We've earned that. Why should we be punished by being a top four seed and having a buy into the quarterfinals?" But I think the playoffs going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've never really had. I guess TCU was sort of last year, and Cincinnati was sort of a couple of years ago. But we've never had the opportunity for a true, like, real Cinderella in in college football. And you know, Liberty, you know, they would have been the 12 seed this year. What if they not just beat the number five seed, pulled the upset there, beat you know, let's say that FSU would have been the five seed, they beat Florida State, but everybody's like, eh, you know, FSU, they were a sham. They didn't have their quarterback. That was a a fluky win. And then Liberty beats you know Alabama as the four seed in the second round, then in the semifinals, like the entire world's talking about that it's like you know getting a 15 seed in the elite eight or something right. along those lines where it just i didn't know the school i don't know anything about their coach i didn't know anything about this now we're all learning i think it just sets itself up for a whole lot more fun moving that forward. is the
0: so I, that's why i brought up the ceiling because i would eventually like to go to 16 not have the bye games because you don't get that chance for a 16 beating a one in this format the way it is now you don't whereas if you could get a what would it be? A four four seed
1: beating a one seed? That'd be that'd be awesome. I think that they, for right now at least, college football still wants to protect its regular season because that's always been their selling point. Is we have the most exciting regular season in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Every week matters. Which, when you look at it a little bit closely, you're like, we actually you actually have weeks like no week mattered for Florida State this year. As when it came to the national title, they played every single week and uh, and ended up not even getting a chance to go despite winning every single week, but. I still think that the college football regular season will be super exciting when you're talking about home field advantage being on the line or you know being in the field, being on the line. I mean, Louisville, Kentucky this year. Imagine how much more exciting that would have been for a UK if it had had the opportunity to knock Louisville out of the top twelve. Yeah, like that's that will be in play for mm-hmm. games like that. Where for right now, all it is is bragging rights. Like I, I just think and all will those Howard. Games, yeah, and, and and Will Howard, Will Howard, the, the, the not little, Will Howard, Lil and Howard, and Little Howard too, Little <laughs> Little Howard as well. The one thing that I think will probably have to change is those conference championship games are going to be like people aren't going to want to play in them, like because the conference champions will get to buy. But if you're if you're Alabama this year and you're already in the field, or I guess the better example is Ohio State this year, they go eleven and one. And it's like, oh no, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to play in the Big Ten championship game and potentially have a bye. You're already playing an extra game anyway, so it's just like, would you rather be the four seed who played the extra game to get there, or the five seed playing a twelve seed in the first round who got that extra week off at at the end of the regular season? Like, I just think that conference championships, you've got. I think that might be a stretch. What do you mean? I,
0: I, I mean, I could, I could very well see that scenario playing out that way. I just, I don't think the
1: teams have that mindset. I don't think they do, but like. They might like. They probably should because if you're, if, I mean, I, that's I, I just think that's too smart. I mean, teams if, don't think that way. If you're, I bet I think you're wrong. Like we seeing in the NCAA tournament, sometimes now teams are, whether they admit it or not, will openly throw conference tournament games because they want to be have geographical preference. They'd rather be like a three seed in close to home than a two seed that gets shipped all the way out the to the east. I think Utah State openly admitted that they did that in the Mountain West a couple years ago, and so if you're Michigan this year you're playing Iowa if you lose that game you're in the playoffs still but like you've got to win three games to win it all you've played the extra game already you're now knocked back and ohio state is going to end up being like a better seed than you probably they had the extra week off like i don't know it just i think conference championships they're going to have to they're going to have to have more incentive i know that they keep them around for money they're big huge revenue drivers for the sport i mean look at the, i don't know if you saw the the tv numbers for these games this past weekend Outrageous. I mean, Louisville, Florida State had seven and a half million eyes on it. It was the fourth most watched ACC championship game of all time. And I think it was the lowest rated out of the, out of the, the top five. Like 17 and a half million people watched George, Alabama. The numbers are, are off the charts. All right, we'll take a break. Five o'clock hour is up next. I've got a couple other things that we need to get to. We'll get back to you guys on the text line as well at 414 1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here with Justin Kalin, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, on 1450 The Big X.
0: Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The laboratory mice, the team has been sliced. The dinky.
1: Just your opinions,
0: brain guys. Uh, not particularly. I do I really. I really enjoy this theme song,
1: though. I enjoy. I love pain and Brain. At least Trevor saved the best one for the five o'clock hour, right? I mean, it still feels strange to just come into the five o'clock hour to be doing this for a sports show. It just imagine getting in your car and being like. Let's hear what my favorite sports show is talking about today. And it's like it's pinky and the brain. I'm better than Rugrats a little bit, but L- a little bit. A felt, lot of bit. I felt very awkward coming back to Rugrats. <laughs> I just I, I didn't like it. We're just trying to get the kids involved, you I'm know. Like, we are speaking of the kids. Uh, we've we've had we we took uh, both the kids to see Santa over the weekend for nice. the first time. They're do they like him? Yeah. Well, we've moved past the age. You know, John had a thing. I made a post last year on Instagram about like him screaming during all the holidays he's like screaming with the easter bunny he's screaming in a skeleton pj's at <laughs> halloween he's screaming with santa like he now he's become like the world's friendliest kid which is a little bit concerning as a parent because he's just like running up to strangers and hugging them You're like all right maybe tone it down a little bit but he was very excited to see santa that's the trevor in him yeah i guess like ran right up to him like gave him a big hug sat in his lap was was all about it and virginia you know she's she's four now so she's she's gotten into it but she you know we keep doing the whole like what are you asking Santa for? Like, like, what are you doing? And they've got Santa coming to their school tomorrow, so we'll have that opportunity again. And she, you know, she said she's at the a. This is the classic like first bike year. Like, she wants she she rode a bike at the store we were at the other day, and she really liked it. And a couple other princess things. And then we hear today from her teachers who are doing the whole like, what do what do you guys want for Christmas thing, that she wants a unicorn. <laughs> Which is a little bit more challenging for us uh, and and for Santa. A lot of it. So, you know, that's one of those things. Like, for a while there, I feel like we'd gotten gotten away from the just complete nonsensical thing that the kids are asking Santa for. But then now it's like, okay, well, unicorn uh, toy. Kids are so funny. So she's going to see him twice in like a week.
0: Yeah. What, what's going through her head? Like, does this guy ever work? Why is he not at the North Pole? Why,
1: also, why does this one look a little bit more different than the other one? They ask questions about so many things. Like, <laughs> like my life is just constantly asking questions. And then there's so few observations. We're, we're, we're just like, you know, every night, like, we are watching a show, and I'm like, ooh, this is going to lead to a question. She's just paying no attention whatsoever. She's watching, but it's just not processing at all. Mm. Kids are wild. They're, they're absolutely strange. I just saw this quote. We were talking about the— the, the, the playoff going into the debate i did see the quote that one of the committee members had made to anonymously of course had made to the, the espn story that we were just referencing where they said all of us had the emotional tie to this decision like holy bleep this is really going to suck to do this mm-hmm. imagine saying that and then just doing it anyway that's what
0: it, it's, it, it's 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 insane that's actually what got me into the articles that was on the front page of espn and i was like oh okay i should probably read this, this it's a great tie. sounds
1: awesome uh, by the way, this computer just started restarting. I don't know why, but can you see me? Uh, you're frozen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see you anymore. I don't know what happened. That's okay. It'll it's, work itself out. We'll work it out. Uh, we got plenty to get to. Uh, we want to hear from you more on the Thornton Sex line, 502-414-1450. We've talked a lot about the transfer portal today, uh, a little bit about the college football playoff. One thing that I t- teased that I didn't mention, I reeled off the names of the eight guys that have entered the transfer portal from Louisville so far this season— we talked about DJ Uyunglele, Kyle McCord, two quarterbacks being linked to Louisville. Uh, Tyler Shuck, of course, took his his visit here yesterday. But one thing that we haven't had talked about, Josh Minkins, probably the biggest name to leave Louisville so far, or at least the, the guy who's produced the most here to announce that he's leaving Louisville. And after we got off the air yesterday, he posted the following on Twitter at, at 612 and just said, to clear the air, I love this university and the city with everything in me. I've stuck around through the good and the bad. I've been through a lot since I've been here on and off the field. And this year, I unfortunately had a nagging injury that I attempted to play through. I should have sat out longer, but I didn't because I love this game. It affected my mental and play because I wasn't myself as a player. So once I got healthy, I made the most of any opportunity that presented itself. I was blessed enough to play for an ACC championship, and it wasn't the note that I wanted to leave out on. It still was an amazing experience, and I left my all that I had on the field I wasn't showed that I was wanted here anymore. That impacted my decision to move on. I'll forever be a cardinal at heart. Love y'all. So, Josh McInnes. First of all, I, th- I think it was fairly obvious to even when he was wasn't sitting out early in the year that that he was dealing with something. He just was. He seemed a step or two slow all, all the time, and he was you know, getting beat a lot. Wasn't making the same type of tackles. Still a very physical player, a sure t- tackler, but when he was out in space, just was not did not have the speed. That we're used to seeing from him, it's interesting. Like he definitely feels like he did not get the reassurance from the staff after the season that he was going to, I don't know, be utilized in the same way, be have a chance to be a starter next year, and so he chose to go out in the transfer portal. Um, Like it it sucks. He's a local kid. He. Had played big snaps here before, so to to lose anybody like that and to have them feel like they weren't wanted here, you hate to see that. But Josh Minkins, best of luck to him wherever he goes. I'm sure you, of all fans, will be following and will be excited about whatever he does next. This is the thing that sucks about the portal: is coaching staff has to make, uh, you know, to quote the the committee member, it's really going to suck to do this, but you've got you sometimes you got to do it anyway and let guys know that their playing time is probably going to be a little bit limited and, and go in a different direction. And those decisions are going to keep being made. Uh, a couple other notes that I wanted to get to. One reminder: U of L volleyball is in action. is sort of a weird thing. This is not a holiday week, but they're going to play Thursday at noon uh, in Pittsburgh against third seeded Creighton in the Sweet Sixteen. That will be on, I think, ESPNU. And then if they win, they're going to play top seeded Pitt, their their new arch rivals in volleyball mm-hmm. at uh, Saturday. But they're not they're not sure what game time yet. It'll it'll kind of depend on TV what some of the other regionals look like. So that'll be a big deal. We'll get excited about that. Um, the Anna DeBeer, the other volleyball note that I wanted to get to, voted the AVCA East Region Player of the Year. She's a beast. We love her. She's awesome. Awesome to see that. And then the last thing, I did want to, to I mentioned it in passing, but I did want to kind of talk a little bit more about it. This is the one-year anniversary. A year ago today, Scott Satterfield shocked the entire Commonwealth, shocked the Derby City, Shocked the nation by announcing that he was leaving to take the job at Cincinnati. Scoots, I'm assuming... I remember listening to the the, the replay... Of the KRC guys finding this out on air. That was one of my favorite moments. Me too. It was one of the most genuine Hannah! genuine reactions of all time that I've ever heard on live radio was two Kentucky guys finding out that Scott Satterfield was leaving Louisville for Cincinnati. One of the funniest moments that I've heard since I've been listening to KRC. Roush said, oh my gosh, like four times. He like, Oh he, my gosh. He, he, oh he, my gosh. TJ's talking about, I don't know, like UK basketball or something. And like Roush just goes, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, he's like, center going to Cincinnati. It's a, it's official. It's out there. And you just see TJ. He's like, <laughs> Hannah! <laughs> Calling to his UofL fan wife to let her know. I mean, that was truly a... That
0: was awesome.
1: I, I forgot about that. I feel like with most big breaking news events in, in L history, I've had at least like a little bit of a heads up that, that something's going to happen or that this definitely is going to happen. Like the, I mean, I'm like the postseason ban. I remember in 2016, I, I knew that was coming. Some of the other ones, like it, usually something's like leaked, so you know it's it's like on your radar a little bit. And this one just right cross. Like I, I hadn't heard anything that this was possible. I hadn't heard any, anybody be like, hey, what's up? And according to everybody at U like they found out very late the night before, so like they were blindsided by it as well. It was like after midnight on I guess the the fourth. So technically the early morning hours of the fifth where they'd caught wind that, that Scott Satterfield was going to go to Cincinnati, and then the news breaks pretty early in the morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you guys were on the air, so it had to have been before 9. And everybody's just like, is this real? Is this real? And then they're doing a press conference, and you're like, holy bleep. Like, like, like he left, and for Cincinnati. He, it, it was just, it was the whole thing was just absolutely insane. I can't believe it's already been a year, though. Yeah, thanks for bringing those memories back. That was fun. It was quite the yeah, it, was, it was a very, very memorable day, for sure. I should have replayed that this morning, dang it. You really should have. I mean, it was a. It's very much a like. Like Louisville fans have done this, and they're joking, but they're also serious by saying, "Like, I remember exactly where I was when I found out." It's it's definitely a "Where were you?" type moment for, in your Louisville fandom history because it was just such a, it was such a, a a shock, and it was also one of those weird things because we, as a fan base, had become so accustomed to, getting blindsided by news and having it suck, and so I think the weirdest thing about the the, the whole reaction was initially, people were like, here we go again. Like, Louisville fans, we can't catch a break. Like, our coach just left us for Cincinnati. And then everyone was like, well, hold on. This isn't the worst thing in the world. Like, this is kind of making it a little bit easier on us. Like, we may be okay in the long run. We've been so preconditioned to just reacting to every little thing like this. Like, oh, God, here we go again. Can't be normal ever. And then as more time went on, I think you saw more people who were like, okay, I I don't hate this. I'm kind of – this is kind of good. I'm okay with this. But it was – the only other time that i really got i felt like got blindsided by something like this something this significant was and it was a, a lot more significant was the the day that the fbi indictment came out where like you're seeing this huge college basketball story and oh god this looks terrible for basketball and then you're reading on and you're like i think Pretty sure this school is Louisville. <laughs> They're talking about it. like I'm reading that. And like my, my heart just kind of like sunk. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" And then the texts start coming in, and people are like, "Like I remember a, a family member of Patino just texted me, and he's like, how bad is this?'" He's like, "This, this seems pretty bad." And I was like, "I think it's pretty bad." Like knowing, knowing that like it, it was over at that point. Like like once once I read the indictment, saw that that University Six or whatever was was Louisville. Like you knew. That was the end for Rick Pitino. Like, like they keep wasn't they weren't going to keep him after this. They'd already kind of wanted to get rid of him before that. And you're, is he still here today? If none of that goes down, yeah, you think so? I do. I mean, I, I do think that, that that board and that the interim president and, and you know the whole Greg Postal and and uh, you know th- that whole crew they they were looking for reasons to get rid of him. But like, I don't think he would. They would have gotten anything. I mean, Louisville was recruiting really well at that time. They mm-hmm. were shaped in good shape to have a great team that year. I mean, I think Louisville basketball—they'd weathered the storm through the Katina Powell stuff. Like, like they were, they were ready to be back, smooth sailing. Like, I think Louisville basketball would be in a very good place right now had that not happened. And I think Patino would have handled COVID better than Chris Mack handled COVID, and it would have been, yeah. I think he's still here. I think he was. I think he was ready to be here for the remainder of his career. And it sucks. Was that anonymous story uh, a couple weeks ago or a couple di- like, when they were talking about him being at St. John's? It was like Louisville got absolutely bleeped because you know Patino thought he had a dream job. He was ready to be there forever, and Louisville had a dream coach, and it got all bleeped up for nothing. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the way that it feels. Uh, real quickly, the last thing, and we'll get back to the text line. Everybody does these rankings of every bowl game from 652 to one or however many bowl games there are now. Uh, CBS came out with theirs yesterday, and they've got the Holiday Bowl between Louisville and USC as the number nine best bowl, which is pretty up there. Um, Yahoo has it at 15 a lot of people are talking like even without Caleb Williams you've got two offensive-minded coaches you've got a a team that overachieved this year and one that underachieved this year like it should be a fun game so I think that's about where where I would have it I think it'll be one of the better non-playoff non-New Year's Six games
0: to play off something Gary asked you yesterday what what's at the bottom of those lists
1: well, the very first game that I saw, it was the game that I listed, where it was the, it was the Western Kentucky game. Was the very, It was 41. Uh, the famous toastery bowl between Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. That adds up. Never heard of it. Uh, I think it's brand new. Oh, that checks out. Monday, December 18th at 2.30 p.m. We will be working as the famous toastery bowl is going on. Better get that TV up by then. Uh, second is the quick lane bowl between Minnesota and Bowling Green which is also a Tuesday at 2 p.m.
0: Now, is that because of
1: the opponents that it's bad, or just that's a bad bowl? I think it's both. Okay. I, I think that they're they're looking at matchups, and they're looking at, yeah. He actually says, I will rank you ahead of the famous Toastery Bowl because I've got no idea what to make of that game. <laughs> but that game, I mean, features a 5-7 and seven team in Minnesota that has a quarterback in the transfer portal. This is, this is why betting on these games... It's just something to do. Like Nobody should ever look at this seriously. It's impossible to forecast these games. I mean, you're like, I, how? Like, I don't know how this team's going to play without a head coach. I mean, we won a game last year with Dion Branch coaching the team against a rival where their head coach was going. I, good luck forecasting any game. It's just all – it's it's silly season, but it's football, so people watch it. The And that's the crazy thing. I mean, we're basketball wild around here, but these football bowl games – I mean, that game right there, the, the Minnesota Bowling Green, a team without – a quarterback, and a team without a coach, neither of whom were very good to begin with, will draw more TV ratings than like the best college basketball regular season game this year. Which is crazy, but such is life. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Scooter, uh, Scooter Dingus, Justin Kalen, is here. Sorry, I meant to mention that at the beginning, but he is. Follow him on Twitter, at Justin Kalen, PXP. That's right. Play by Playboy. boy. Texas says, Scoots... They have the technology now to move the stuff that ChatGPT produces to a word processor. It's called copy and paste. Wow. How about that? That is brand new. That's pretty wild. Uh, This computer just is not... How long does this computer take... Speaking of bad technology, I don't think think we have to worry about the technology here taking over anything. (laughs) This computer has been working on updates. It's 30% complete for the last hour. Texture says, if Pierce plays the bowl game, will that burn his red shirt? No. You can play up to four games and still maintain your redshirt. Pierce has I believe only appeared in one game. He came in the Murray State game that everybody played in. So he could play, he could play the entire bowl game and he will still be a redshirt freshman next season. I think you'll see a lot of guys that we haven't seen a ton of. People were also talking about Cameron Wilson leaving and and you know how that affects next year, a guy who played defensive end who was a good edge rusher who presumably could step into a starting role next season. I do think it's worth remembering like TJ Capers will be healthy next year, a guy who was a top one of the highest rated recruits we've ever landed was never healthy this season he's got a full off season now to get ready get stronger get bigger get uh, more acclimated with the defensive scheme uh he should help us next year a lot and we still don't know what's going to happen with Ashton gelati from my understanding it's very much a decision where he's on the fence could go pro could come back but i don't think he's a transfer portal candidate he's a loyal kid wants to be here and that seems to be the case with most of the big decision guys that are out there i mean jawar jordan is very much in a I think he's either going to come back to play with Tyler Shuck or he's going to go pro. Jamari Thrash, I think, is, is either going to come back or he's going to go pro. I don't think these are transfer portal candidates. We'll see what happens. I mean, they have a lot of them have agreed to play in the Senior Bowl. About to pull out of that if they want to come back. But we'll find, it's going to be a very, very interesting couple of weeks. Texas, every move that Braum makes being put through the what would Pierce Clarkson think machine is tiring, he either proves to be the guy or he doesn't just like anyone else. Yeah, I mean, that's more of a fan base thing. I don't think Jeff's really worried about that. I think that Pierce knows he's got to, he's got to get better. I mean, Pierce Clarkson, I I feel like I'm I'm saying it till I'm red in the face. He was the fifth string quarterback on this year's team. It's not like he was the backup waiting in the wings, and if something happened to Jack, he was going to be the guy. If something happened to Jack, they were gonna go to Brock Doman because he's an effective game manager. And if the defense faltered and Brock just wasn't getting it done, they would have gone to Harrison Bailey. Like Harrison Bailey was the guy who they were hoping if something happened to Jack Plummer would be ready to go and take over the team in the last third of the season. Not Clarkson. Hmm. Maybe that changes with a entire offseason. Maybe one of those guys leaves. Maybe somebody else leaves, but like Pierce was he he was never going to be thrown in that situation this year. He just wasn't. <clears throat> Texas can Scoots get the show on YouTube T V? uh
0: next week i heard the cameras are coming so next week we'll get it up there then can't wait do you have
1: youtube tv no i got hulu god the youtube tv army don't they were out they were out again yesterday
0: mike if i had youtube tv you would have heard me on the text line yesterday because if anybody who has youtube tv or all about i'm i agree with everything you said yesterday people that have youtube tv love shoving YouTube TV down your throat.
1: I mean, the fact that we just mentioned it just guarantees that we're going to get about 15 texts before the end of the show about this. It's just like you can't whisper it. You can't mention that name. Or they just come call. And like, I'm not even saying it's not even a shot against YouTube TV. I just was was shocked that the fan base was that passionate about Mm it. I've never seen it. Like Eagles fans aren't that passionate about the Eagles. It's insane. The only thing that passionate is Bills fans
0: jumping through tables. Yeah. That's the only comparison I can think of.
1: Somebody texted me yesterday and said they thought that Trevor was was purposely skipping the show after the worst football season of his year. That's then, not then he, just, that. he couldn't yeah. handle it. I mean, we, we lose to FSU, who Trevor has said all season long that he thinks Florida State sucks. Like Going into the year, he's like, Florida State's wildly overrated. They're going to lose three or four games. They beat LSU, and he's like, LSU sucks. Don't worry about it. FSU's not good at all. And then the season ends with them finishing undefeated and beating us for the conference championship— and then his Eagles not only lose to the 49ers, but they get their asses handed to him. They look like maybe they're not the best team in the NFC. And a lot of people were like, I think it was just too much. Like Trevor had one bad football weekend, and he just couldn't stomach it, and that's why he's not here. And there, all, there might be something to that. In all fairness, he hasn't had a whole lot of bad football. Exactly. Weekend. Like he's one bad football weekend the entire year, and he just he had to leave. Couldn't couldn't face the fire. <laughs> Grow up, Trev. I'm a Lions fan and a UFL fan. <laughs> I've had bad years after years after years. Texture says, man, I love Pierce, but people need to chill with saying that he should have played more or started the bowl game. We just saw what Brock Glenn did, and he was in the same class as Pierce and ranked higher. I hope that Pierce is the starter one day, but we don't need to throw him into the fire right now or last season. I I, I agree. I mean... Brock Glenn was rated higher than him? Yeah, Glenn's a five-star kid. That dude was horrible. He looked
0: bad. He was really... And maybe that was partially due to Louisville's defense, but... He, he was really hard to watch.
1: I was reading the like the practice reports that week. Some of the media members were allowed to go to practice, and they were reporting on what was going on. And so I'm like reading up on Brock Glenn. I'm seeing his, his pedigree, seeing that he was a five-star kid. And then I'm reading some of the practice reports, especially from the Tuesday practice, where they're like, this kid can make all the throws. He, he's seeing the field great. He's definitely a dual-threat option. He's more of a dual-threat than Tate Rodemaker is. And then Wednesday, like he's having a little trouble. Like the arm strength is still there, but he just seeing the field is a little bit tougher today. Had had a bad day, and so I'm looking at it as like it's it's Tate Rodemaker who's limited but more experienced versus this Brock Glenn kid who's gonna be a superstar but maybe just isn't ready. And when they announced that it's gonna be Glenn, I was like. Oh. I would almost rather be Rodemaker because I feel like this kid is poised for like a breakout crazy game. This is the future of the program. And then he comes out there and has those first few passes, and I'm like, Jokes on you! I'm like, okay, uh, I'm good with this kid being the guy because he looked. I mean, he's he's just short hopping things. He's just not seeing. And they very clearly the way they called the game after the first couple of series, you could tell they had no confidence in him. And so I'm like, I think this is going to be the fine. He he didn't do the one thing though that that he just couldn't do. Which was make like a, a pick-six type throw mm-hmm. that gave us the chance to play from ahead. He he avoided that, but the staff definitely made sure that it, that wasn't going to happen. Texas says, didn't Brom also coach Bailey Zappi at WKU? He did. Zappi, though, is not in the NFL anymore, I don't think. Which is kind of crazy. He got cut, by, he got cut by the Patriots. When? Before the year. He no, and, he's back with them. Is he back now? Yeah, he's been with them all year. Because he and Malik uh, both got cut like the same week. He He's played a couple games. Has he? Yeah. Gotcha. Not well, but he's played in them. Okay, because I remember the when Malik Cunningham got called up for that one game when he got signed to the active roster. They were like, if something happens to to Mac, like Malik's the backup and Bailey Zappi's behind him, and then Malik got cut <laughs> again, like the very next week, and then re-signed to the practice squad. So, so that's three quarterbacks that Jeff has produced. There you go. Texas says, um, who needs to get laid more, Angry Guy or Trevor? Trevor,
0: no question.
1: I don't want to talk about Trevor's sex life. I just, no, no, let's move it, on. It makes me I don't so, either, yeah. yeah it, Cringy. The fact that he brings it up, too, I'm like, please don't. Please, please stop. <laughs> Tech says, you know when I see an Allen Electrical guy going down I-65, I kind of smile because I know someone's getting the best, and then sends in a picture of the Allen Electrical truck. I do love getting all the pictures when people see the Allen Electrical trucks now. <laughs> it's great. Look, a lot of publicity for you. You sign up to do, um, you know, with Big X, we're going to make sure people know about you. People are- we made Phil Rich a judge. Do you know that? No. Is he a judge now? He's filled. People have been talking about Phil Rich making it rain. He's he, from. He's, he's from Portland. Portland. Yeah. Like people love that. Less than a year later, Phil Rich gets made a judge.
0: That's incredible. Bam.
1: Allen Electrical, the talk of the electrical service industry here in Louisville. AirServe, Shady Rays, every every place that advertises with a big X. It just flourishes.
0: We used to have a guy who would text into KRC. I don't think he's texted in a while, but he did work for Thorntons, and he would go around the country and just help them build new Thorntons. So every time he was at a new build, he would send us the picture. Another Thorntons going up.
1: 77,622 of them. That's only 33,000 more than yesterday. It's incredible. It's incredible how many of them there are. Mm -hmm. They know what they're doing. Texas scoots. Is there a way that you can offset the dramatic volume increase during commercials? This is a job for a well-rested man, and I know you have what it takes. Is that a, is that a problem for us?
0: So, there, there are people that claim that, um, and I, b- I believe them fully, but th- no, there's nothing I can do on my end with that.
1: That is, I mean, I've never heard it personally on the radio, I thought, sometimes I do turn on the show like with you or and Denison and, and like it's like insanely low. It's never an issue with KRC. Not so he had that issue up until
0: about two weeks ago. Okay. So if you hear it now, his show sounds a lot better. Okay, cool.
1: I, I, yeah, I didn't. But like you hear, it's kind of like sound yeah, very I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But like, I've never heard that. But I do hate the shows where like on the streaming services, when you, if you don't pay to like have the no ads, where it'll be like normal volume and then it's like come to Coles this Christmas time, and like I'm like, oh my god, I jump every single time. It's terrible. (laughs) I hate that. So, I can see why people would be annoyed.
0: Yeah, same.
1: We're doing the best we can. Texas says, I feel like uh, why a lot of fans are pushing for Clarkson so hard has to do with how much we heard his name before he got here, even though we were usually hearing it due to what he was doing for recruiting more so than his accolades as a quarterback. He's definitely, I I was talking with somebody about this last night, like, like, his name was bigger than his recruiting rankings would would indicate. Like like he's you know, Harrison Bailey was a higher ranked recruit coming out of high school. Um Deuce Adams is in that same ballpark. I think Clarkson ended up being the 28th ranked quarterback in his class. I think Adams is like the 33rd ranked. Brady Allen, I think, is right around that same. I think he was higher ranked coming out of high school. Going back to the name conversation, Deuce Adams fits the mold. Deuce Adams is a great name. Yeah. He's a dual threat, too. It's perfect. But Pierce Clarkson, I mean, I think a lot of people remember how much he was talked about. He's the quarterback of this team that's like number one, number two in the country. Uh, he plays with all these kids. He's he sort of like, he's very well known on the recruiting trail. Every five star seems to be friends with him. And then when he commits here, he takes out all these billboards across the city. Like it was very, it was a very extravagant thing. It was very new age recruiting, new age NIL stuff. And, and I think that, that that made his name resonate more with the fan base than it would have been if it was just like, oh, the 23rd ranked quarterback in the class, the 28th ranked quarterback in the class, whatever it is, is coming to Louisville. It would have always been a big deal, but he like like his his image, his brand was, was very solidified, and people knew that his dad was helping in recruiting, and okay, he was a big name on in recruiting trails. So yeah, I, I think that every, like everybody knows who Pierce Clarkson is, even though he hasn't played, and like that's that, that's it's an interesting element to the whole quarterback battle for next season. Texas says the cricket is never coming on the show. No, he's not. <laughs> Confirmed. He's 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 dead. He's dead. I'm not even sure it was a cricket. It's, a, it's it doesn't look like a cricket. Now in pieces. Well, now it definitely doesn't look like a cricket. It really yeah, it, it doesn't. Texas says and add on to my last uh, let's see, let me read the first text first. I was thinking after yesterday's show about all the fans mad at Jack the last two weeks, I've been more upset. Oh, this is the, you read the DBs. It did. it did. So he said, add on to my last text, the receivers and DBs have reminded me of that kid that you played Little League with, the one that when a routine pop fly comes his way, you can just tell by the look on his face that he isn't going to catch it. <laughs> it's like none of them have any confidence. The receiving core, I was I was disappointed with the way that they played as the season went on. I think that first game against Georgia Tech, we're like, damn, like feed the studs. And I do think that, Jamari Thrash having that hand injury, which they finally, this was the first broadcast where they said what I've been telling you for the last month, which is that he had surgery on it before the, the, the pick game. Jamari Thrash having that injury and not being the focal point of the passing game, you saw it had a ripple effect. Like it changed the entire offense. People weren't respecting the pass anymore. It led to the the running game not being as effective. I think Jawar having the hamstring injury and then the knee injury after that definitely played a part as well. But then nobody really stepped up. Like there was a an opportunity for somebody to step into Jamari Thrash's role. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted to be Chris Bell, and Bell. I keep going back to the comparison. He's sort of like Scott Long. This guy that when you watch him in practice, you're like, damn, that dude. He's a specimen. Like like he's got the body. He's got the speed. He's a great route runner. He's got great hands. And then for whatever reason in the games, he just doesn't pop the way that he should. And Chris Chris Bell made some big time catches, but in the last two games, I mean, he was more known for being kind of out of his mind against UK, getting the two personal foul penalties, probably could have gotten some more. And then in the game against uh against Florida State, he drops the an underthrown deep ball, it was underthrown, but still I think a great receiver comes back and and you know doesn't let that just go right through his hands. He kind of short-armed a third down throw where it looked like he got the alligator arms and stopped running his route a little bit. Like He did not step up and become the Jamari Thrash when Jamari Thrash was out. Kevin Coleman was certainly had his moments for sure, but maybe not quite as dynamic as everybody was hoping for. And then the other transfers, Jimmy Calloway had a drops issue. Made some big plays for us, but had a, definitely had a drops issue. Jaden Thompson was just just kind of like the fourth or fifth guy. Mari Huggins-Bruce um, had some big plays, but still was not as much of an every... Series type contributors you would have liked, like there was there was an opportunity for all those guys to really step up, and they just they, they didn't, and that was a big. A lot of the passing game, the issues lie with Jack for sure. I'm not making excuses, but there also were a ton of games where guys just weren't getting separation, and and Plummer was having to hold on to it for an extra second, and that extra second was resulting in him having to throw the ball away or him taking some sacks. So, yeah, I think the they'll be active in the transfer portal when it comes to receivers for sure. Texas says we'll take one more, and then we'll go to break. I just want to give a big shout-out to Brom for producing one quarterback with a bleep in his long coaching career. Is this the angry guy again? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I can see why people call him the quarterback whisperer. Huge message of success. Three guys in the NFL he said, in 10 years. In his
0: previous text, he said, so one quarterback in how many years, but you rattled off two quarterbacks. Yeah. So might have a listening issue there, angry guy. He's he's angry.
1: Text a Scoot saying that Florida State versus Michigan wouldn't draw ratings is insane to me. Go look at some Rebecca Black pics, Scoots. You're never gonna live down the no. Rebecca Black comment on the show. No, I'm not. It was it was it was a Jeez. bad it was a bad moment for I, I, you. Every
0: time I produce for you, I, I think maybe we've gotten past that, and people don't forget. Yeah, damn it. <laughs>
1: Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll read some more of your assets at 502 414 1450, and then look ahead to the night ahead in sports. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Tuesday edition here on The Big X. The
0: brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The laboratory mice, the genes have been sliced. They're dinky, They're pinky, and the brain, 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 brain. brain. And turn the world on with a smile. You mm-hmm. can take a nothing day and suddenly make
1: it all seem worthwhile. Oh, well, it's you, girl, and you should know it. Damn it, Trevor. With each glance and every <laughs> little movement you show. Why? Why is it do this? <laughs> like, this is one of those ones like Trevor like likes, I think, actually. Like, genuinely. You're gonna make it after all. <laughs> Another TV Tuesday disaster with Trevor Kelsey on the music. Even when he's not here, he's ruining the show. It's fine. Uh, it's the
0: last time this week I'm gonna allow that to happen.
1: It's fine. Every Tuesday, at least for the next three, I guarantee it's gonna go away soon, but it's still TV Tuesday. You have a theme you want tomorrow? No, I mean, didn't he send in his
0: random music? No, I told you he's not doing that this week I because I, I think iPod Shuffle Day sucks.
1: Okay, well, I, I put my faith in you. Okay. We'll I think I've got some good lined up. Justin Kalen is here, aka Scooter Dingus. Follow him on Twitter at Justin Kalen. Uh, play by play. PXP. I've gained three followers since I started this show today. That's huge. That is huge. We 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 got Trevor over the hump of a thousand followers oh, in, the, in the first couple months of the show. I'm
0: so far away from that. Well, we can make that happen. I I think think I'm we think i like
1: Four hundred. We can we can we can do something. We we can. We can make it. Wow. 474. Four? Nice. Almost at 500. We can do that before the end of the week. You've got the good ratio, though. You're following fewer people than you, you're being followed by. Yeah,
0: I I got to a certain point I couldn't follow anybody else. John Bull follows you. That's a big, He does. That's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. That's a
1: big deal. Spirits, who cares? Me uh, and Bull like, go way back. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else cool follows you besides me. <laughs> that's fine. Well, Troy does. That's good. Roush. Bleh. Dugan. yeah, eh. Nah. Big X official account. Eh, eh, I don't even know if they follow me.
0: I think I followed. I think I did that one myself. <laughs>
1: Probably. <laughs> All right. Here we go. 502 414 1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll take as many texts as we can before we get to the end of the show. If you want to have your thoughts heard, you got about 20 minutes to make that happen. Hit us up on the text line with whatever you've got. And then we'll uh, talk about some of the games that are going on tonight. Kind of a quiet night in sports. Not like. Not a, for me, baby. Why not? Hoosiers. Who do the Hoosers play? We got Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm assuming you'll be able to hear that in our airwaves, too. You
0: will, starting at 8 o'clock. It's a 9 o'clock game, so pregame will start at 8. I
1: don't have the show. You know, no liner sheet here, so but I didn't have that to read. But also, there you go. also, it is on Peacock, so Big Ooh. X might be your way to listen to it. Uh, there, there you go. So Indiana at Michigan tonight, nine o'clock tip off at Assembly Hall. You'll, or I guess, in in Ann Arbor. I mean, mm-hmm. you'll be able to hear that it's cover starting here at eight o'clock, right around fourteen fifty. The big night so is a big night for you.
0: Last I checked, Michigan was a seven and a
1: half point favorite, which I think is absolutely ludicrous. Ken Palm has it as a six point game. Yeah. He's got Michigan. I mean, the Michigan's lost two in a row. They've lost four or five. Make it three five out of six. Yeah, they've not been very good. This is kind of a big spot for Indiana. I feel like if you lose this one because they they beat Maryland in their Big Ten opener killed they're, maryland they're six and one but the only really good team they've played beat them by 20 this is a team that you feel like yeah if, you, if you're going to be a real threat in the big 10 you should probably be able to get they've been down recently this is a this is an interesting little game tonight i'm excited they play auburn this weekend too, don't they they do yeah. yeah and then you got a week off and then we'll welcome in kansas that's right kansas is coming it's mm-hmm. a huge it's a huge three-game stretch for yeah, the Rangers. For sure you lose all three of these and all of a sudden you're like hey, i'm not sure how hopeful i am i'm still excited you should be. Khalil Ware is a monster. <sighs> I miss, I, I miss having hope in early December. <laughs> what am I talking about? Game of the year coming up in four days. Louisville to Paul. That's all right. I can't wait. Can't wait. We'll pick some games coming up at the end of the hour. But, but we, I mean, we we didn't even talk about. We had a great Monday night game. I barely watched any of it, but that was a one of the better Monday night games we've had this entire yep. season. I was I, totally wrong too, by the way. I said Jacksonville wins and covers easily. I thought so and too. And they Lost. Yep. I think a lot of people did because I saw that Vegas raked in. With the Bengals winning.
0: Well, you didn't, You don't expect uh, What's-His-Head to come in and play the way He, he did. was unreal. Yeah. Jake Browning.
1: There you go. And the white uniforms look great. They do. Yeah, I really like the white uniforms. Texture says, 502-414-1450, Georgia is behind FSU, so in the event that FSU beats Georgia, it's less ammo for Florida State to claim co-championship after being snubbed. I, like, I guess that's the one thing that you're playing for for Florida State is, do you think that they'll do the whole deal where it's like, we're, we're national champions? Because I would if I'm them.
0: Well, I mean, that's a little bit what I was saying earlier, right? I mean, just go out and smash Georgia, and then you got a case,
1: take it to the committee next year. Yeah, but next year it doesn't matter. You got 12 teams. Right. I mean, if I'm them, because I, I think everyone points to UCF in 2017 calling themselves national champions, which I
0: like mm-hmm.
1: is annoying as UCF fans are. Florida
0: State's above that.
1: Yeah, I don't fault them for it. But Auburn did the same thing in 2013, in, in 2004, I mean. They went 13-0, and they won the SEC, they won their bowl game, and... They didn't have a chance to play for the title, and USC just smacked around Oklahoma, and so Auburn they were number two, I think, in all the polls, but they called themselves national champions and gave themselves rings. Such a
0: douchebag thing to do, but only I, I get it. For- only happen in in college football. I get it for UCF because I mean they they'll they would realistically have never gotten a shot to get into the tournament, but yeah, I mean for a bigger school like Florida State, Auburn that's that's a douchey thing.
1: Keep in mind that Florida State, I know that football is on a different level for them than basketball. They did hang a banner in basketball for being the AP number 4 team <laughs> in 2020 when the season got called because of COVID. Like there's a banner hanging that says like AP number 4 final poll of 2020 in mm-hmm. their in their, you know, arena. Man, talk about somebody I don't believe in
0: no. Leonard <laughs>
1: Hamilton and Florida State basketball. Jeez. I don't either, but Trevor's Trevor's like Leonard Hamilton Believer twenty four seven. Is he? He thinks Leonard Hamilton's a great guy. That's wild. Texas says, "What is Scoot smoking, and can I have some?" He's got to be high with that FSU versus Michigan. Take. <laughs>
0: I just, I don't, I. To me, that that matchup's not sexy. I just don't think it's going to bring the eyes that the matchups we
1: got now. But we'll we'll never know. We'll never know. Texas on a similar topic: the Bengals have no chance of making the playoffs since Burrows out for the year. The committee said so. <laughs> That's the. It's the equivalent of them being like, you know, we just don't think that they're going to be good somebody said too that like um some made the joke with caleb williams being out for the holiday bowl like well can can we get a different opponent then because they're not you know we don't have the quarterback we should be able to like they should fall down the hierarchy it's the way that works now i did see that louisville went from being which i don't know why you would have the opening line even reflecting williams playing everyone knew that he wasn't going to play in the game but usc at some books opened as a three and a half point favorite and then when it became official yesterday that he wasn't playing. Louisville's now a 7.5-point favorite in the game, which still seems hot. Gosh, where were you earlier today? I don't remember if that was on KRC or Spears, but I heard you say
0: that yesterday, and I brought up the fact that UFC was favorite initially. and that Whatever show it was, they called, basically just called me an idiot. I no. couldn't. I couldn't find the, they were, the stats to back it up.
1: They were. It was. It was one of those where it wasn't like an official Vegas line, but like oh, okay. one of the one of the online books had them as like initially a three and a half point favorite. I think it was on ESPN too. They had them as a three and a half point favorite. And then when the news broke yesterday that Williams was out, it flipped and everyone opened. I use air quotes at Louisville minus seven and a half, which still seems like a big spread for a team that has not like Louisville hadn't been great the last couple of weeks. And USC, I know they don't have their quarterback, but they got dudes all over the field. They should be able to put up some points. Texture says, uh, "This is Pull Me Bro One. I don't know if it's a KRC text. Probably has to be." Sharon is transferring from Kentucky. I think it's fair to say that if Cutter Bowley doesn't work out, we should abandon recruiting Kentucky quarterbacks. They never seem to work out. Bowley's the kid from Lexington Christian, right? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, he's like he's like the twentieth ranked quarterback in the class. I've heard he's really good. I'm not gonna act like I've seen him play in person, but I have heard that from people who have that he's he's the real deal. But we'll see. Kentucky quarterbacks typically do not work out well for UK. Maybe won't. Who's the – they had the twins leave today. I heard yep. the, the twins' dad was like, my kid would have been better than Devin Leary this year. Poof. It's a take. It's something.
0: Apparently, they're a package deal, and they won't go anywhere unless the
1: one's going to be QB1. We'll see. <laughs> God love them. I saw, I mean, all these these portal rankings that are out there. There was a UK fan – like I simply I, I quote tweeted the Pete Thamel, Pete Thamel report saying like DJ Uyunglele is like seems like Louisville and Florida State are the the top two suitors for his services, and there was a UK guy who was like Brock Vandergriff is number six on Twenty Four Sevens list of the best quarterbacks in the portal. And DJ is number fourteen, so Kentucky beats Louisville again. And I was like, wasn't Devin Leary number two last year? And like, you guys hated him. Like, you ended up. Like, let's let's take these portal rankings for what they're worth. I think the Vandegrift kid could be good. I've got no idea. I've never seen him play. Is he a redhead? Mm-mm, I don't think so. I think he's a redhead. He looks straight up like a Brock. I, somebody sent me a picture yeah. of him yesterday, and I was like, damn, I want that kid because look, he's he's a classic Brock. Talk about another name. It's it's like uh, Thor, where <laughs> you name your kid Brock. You, you're pretty
0: much. He looks like he's a little bit of a ginger. I've only met one Brock in my life, and he's a police officer down in Florida.
1: That, and he's that massive.
0: He's massive.
1: I mean, every, we've had three Brocks on the football team over the years. I think I've known one Brock in real life, and he was very Brocky. He, he was a classic Brock. You know, I mean, just not a lot of nerd Brocks out there. Just not. It's just not a name that that is conducive to being bullied. Texas says Dingus is completely wrong about nobody watching if FSU had gotten in. I would have been more interested because of no SEC team for once. As it is now, I'll watch our bowl game and not a single other one. If everyone is really outraged at the committee, I would suggest they do the same. Screw them. It's not going to change anything because they're going to twelve teams anyway. So mm-hmm. this isn't. I mean, I, I I find myself not really caring at all about the the New Year Six games anymore. Like I couldn't honestly hand up. I could not tell you one New Year's Six game last year. Like couldn't tell you anybody who played in those games. I'll watch the playoff games because it's the playoff. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and do the thing where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I think it was the wrong decision, so I'm gonna boycott. I'm gonna watch the games. You're probably gonna watch the games too, and that's how they know. That's why they can do whatever they want because they know you're gonna watch regardless. Like no, nobody's gonna boycott. It, it's like when. Louisville fans were all up in arms about us not being in the tournament in in 2021, or when we we had the self-imposed postseason ban in 2016, they're like, we're not going to watch, because we'll, we'll show them. Biggest market in college basketball. We're going to boycott the tournament. Guess what the biggest market for the NCAA tournament was that year? It was still Louisville by a wide margin, because you're going to watch when push comes to shove. You're going to watch. Oh, breaking news, Mike. We did it. Hit me. Br- Brom Home followed me. Oh! hey oh. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big one. Texas says in 2014, Ohio State got into the playoff despite being down to their third-string quarterback. This whole BS sport is nothing but a Big Ten and SEC good old boys club. If you think that's the case right now, just wait. I got some news for you. It's it's only going to get worse. I've read a lot of those columns, too, and I do agree with it, where it's like, this is bad, but it's also a sign of how annoying things are going to get moving forward, which is is totally true. I mean that
0: I already am, it,
1: I hate it so much. Like watching Oregon Oregon State play for the last time and seeing the Pac-12 dissolve and the last Pac-12 game happened on on Friday night, which was a great game between Oregon and Washington. It, it just like I'm still gonna watch, I'm still gonna follow, but it it is taking a lot of what has made college football special for my life and just kind of crapping all over it. I love that we're getting a playoff. I just wish the college football was perfect outside of its postseason for so long. Like mm-hmm. all you ever had to do was add a postseason and keep everything the same, and instead they're changing everything. But now finally getting the playoff, and I just I don't, I don't get it. Texas scoots. I'm with Mike on this, uh, and TJ and Nick are with you. It's a agree to disagree thing. The whole problem is we can all agree that Florida State would not be favored against any team in the playoff, but they earn the right to get their butts kicked. Who knows? Maybe they shut down no offense, Big Twelve champ Texas, and win ten to six. Boring for fans, but that's right by the kids. You know, the, the games have to matter at some point. Like the, 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 you know, there's a big story today in the athletic about how recruiting matters more than actual on field results now, and it's just I think it's kind of silly. Texas says I considered making the trip to San Diego until I saw cheap flights are over seven hundred. So for for Georgia, Florida State, I set the over under on opt outs at fifteen. Uh, the the trip to, to San Diego is expensive. Like there was, I know U of is trying to hype up the fact there's a Spirit direct flight that's one hundred fifty five bucks to LAX. It leaves on Christmas Day. I mean it, it's <laughs> a it's a tough sell. Maybe for like the playoff, I, I could be like, hey, let's. Uh, Let's go fly out on Christmas Day. But imagine telling I me, mean, I've got two kids. I can't be like, I'm flying out in the middle of pre- opening presents from Santa because I want to go watch us play a 7 and 5 team without their starting quarterback. It's a tough sell. I get why Louisville fans are having a hard time. And again, I think this is a bowl game. I said it yesterday. It sucks for the fans that love going to bowl games. I think it's great for the players. It's just, you know, there's a given to take here for sure. Texas college football is the most rigged sport there is. Did you see the top 14 teams other than FSU were all going to be SEC or Big Ten next year? Yeah, we ran down that, yeah, that, that. list. By it the was... way,
0: you, you ran through Oklahoma yesterday and didn't mention them SEC. God, that's right. I, I forgot yeah. that they're they're going you're, to. You're reading
1: the list, and uh, uh, you just said Oklahoma. I was like, you've got to go, so you go this far down <laughs> to get to another team with Oklahoma. And no, that's, that's not true either. <laughs> Texas, my future predictions usually end up with them possibly doing away with conference championship games. In theory, teams could already play up to 17 games starting next year, equivalent to the NFL teams, which seems wild. That does seem wild. It does. I mean, I I do think they're going to have to do something with conference championships. I think they'll probably get rid of them, just take a week out. But for right now, there's too much money involved in them, so they're not going anywhere, especially the SEC one. Texas I'm sorry, dude called our QBs clowns, insulted ACC without any knowledge of records. Tell the child predator to bite down. I believe that's directed at you. <laughs> if okay. they weren't clowns, they'd be playing. Texas didn't the committee, who were so concerned with the absence of Jordan Travis, rank FSU fourth after beating Florida with the second string quarterback? None of it is, is consistent at all. It's... Texas, I was listening to my morning sports talk. I took my kid in the morning to drop him off, came back to my vehicle 20 minutes later, and couldn't figure out how Jeff Brom had become our head football coach during that 20-minute period. Oh, talking about a year ago today. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was, that was it, an unreal day. Definitely a surreal day. I don't even remember what the radio show was like that day, but I, I know Trevor was on Cloud 9. Isn't it was, he always? Yeah, but especially that day. <laughs> I mean, he's been. he was so anti-Satterfield and so pro-getting Jeff. It was it was a definitely a celebratory day here. Texas says uh, Bailey Zappi actually started on Sunday. That's embarrassing. Yeah, that's that's bad for me. Well, did not they lose six nothing? <laughs> they did. It's yeah. not, not not great. <laughs> Texas, I have YouTube TV and it's fine. Doesn't cut out when it rains like Directv. It does have the Smithsonian Channel, which is better than the History Channel. The not cutting out when it rains thing is that is the only annoying thing about Directv.
0: But does the Smithsonian Channel have American Pickers? Didn't think so. You like American Pickers? like
1: American Pickers, yeah.
0: I've never watched American Pickers. Oh, it's great. I like all those shows. Pawn Stars. Um, what's the one where they... Storage Wars, I like. Yeah, I like all of them. Storage Wars. I've never watched any of those shows. Oh, Storage Wars is probably the best one.
1: Texas says, Alan Electrical, they'll never leave you in the dark. Scott Satterfield, he'll leave you in the dark. <laughs> Texture says, um, this is a long text, okay. Completely right about them picking year by year what matters to the CFP committee. Obviously, there had never been an injury... With as big as Travis, but never since the CFP existed had I heard of that reason even existing, and it was even more of a hosing because the entire country pretended that the second string was going to be out for the CFP to make it seem like more of a rational decision, and you've missed a lot on the Patriots. Zappi and Malik both are on the current active roster. Zappi started the game, and it was said that Malik may have some packages and snaps, but I didn't check to see that he actually got any. They'd probably end up better off rolling with Malik since they suck and lost that game 6 to nothing. Yeah, maybe give, give Malik a chance. Can't do any worse. Nope. Six-nothing is bad. That was the Chargers, right? It was. Hey, Mike, if Louisville basketball beats Kentucky, can you watch five episodes of an anime anime of my recommendation? Buddy, I will watch ten episodes of an anime of your recommendation. Would you? Really? Yes. If Louisville beats Kentucky in basketball, 100%. I will watch anime. Man, there is – I don't know if I could do it. You couldn't watch anime?
0: I don't think so. I'm I'm not a big acid guy, but I would need some acid for that.
1: Texas scoots. Mike is right about something for once. <laughs> they will get away from conference championship games. They just won't serve a purpose for most playoff-worthy term. teams. These mega-conferences will go to divisions where each will crown a champion. The rest of the playoff field will be the highest-ranked teams. Also says Zappy was at WKU for one year in 2021. So that was not Jeff Prom. Texas says uh, Joker. Texted in, said, hi, Justin, way to bring some class to the show. Go Hoosiers beat Michigan. Hey, Joker, great to hear from you. Is Joker a KRC guy? No,
0: so Joker's way back in the day when I was doing the show with Jim Coyle. Wow. Yeah.
1: Texas Zappy, started this weekend. Thank you. Texas. do you read Angry Guy's text because you're afraid if you don't, he will come down to the station in a fit of rage and try to break down the studio just to be heard? I usually read him because I don't, I, I start reading him like, oh yeah, and then, I, then I see that his other tweets are Angry Guy tweets. Texas that I followed Scoots on Twitter the last time he was on the show, not going to lie. I was scared to look at his likes, but curiosity got the best of me. Oh, no. Do you not know that story? No. I'll have to tell you that one after the show. Don't be that guy. Every, if if I, I get trolled by somebody, I'm like, this guy's got porn in his likes. And I'll, I'll look at it, and like 99% of the time he does. Don't be that guy, Scoots. <laughs> Texas said, Scooter, does IU make the tournament this year? And how long does Woodson last at IU? I think Indiana will squeak into the tournament,
0: just barely. I could see Woodson here for another 10, 12 years, somewhere in that range. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, the Reds just got
1: the second pick of the draft. Let's go.
0: Come on. Let's go.
1: Imagine how much cooler it's going to be when we get Juan Soto in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) It's
1: happening. They don't have the money. Would you rather have Soto or Otani or both? The Reds are getting both. Uh, I would rather have Otani. Well, of course, you would. I, I just don't want Otani. I'm so happy that uh, like when I saw the news today that he's probably not going to go to the Cubs anymore. I was like, thank God. You know, who I really just want.
0: I just want the Reds to hang on to the core. Hang, hang on I'm to really Ellie. Hang on to McLean. Hang on to Steer. If those three guys, I'm good. Friedel. You know, Friedel's the oldest one on the team at 28. Not shocked. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. I'm ready for India to go. Yeah, I'm not a big India guy either.
0: When I when I played my MLB the Show season, he was one of
1: my first guys I traded. God, second pick. Get to work, Doug. Come on, Texas. Maybe uh, UK should stop recruiting twins. It seems like it only comes with trouble from the dads. Well, Harrison twins got him to two final fours. Sure, no titles. Texas take Grand Canyon money line at home against San Diego State. SDSU has been a disappointment this year. Like they, they're not very good. I, I kind of like that bet. Texas says, uh, you may have missed it, but the ending of TCU Georgetown on Saturday, the Hoyas got hosed because the TCU player hit the game winner, stepped out of bounds, yet the refs missed it even after reviewing it. They did get hosed, but I don't feel that bad for them because Merrimack got hosed against Georgetown the game before, and their coach went on a fantastic rant, which was terrific.
0: Well, and for what it's
1: worth, you cannot review the out-of-bounds call. Right. I mean, it was a bad miss. The ref yeah. right there. You should have seen it. But yeah, Texas says, scoots, every one of those shows are fake, scripted, and pre-scouted. Did you know that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did know that. <laughs> I, they're still just entertaining to me. I, I'm not looking for like factual information from them. Yeah, I like them.
1: They do seem fake.
0: But... Oh, they are fake. I, I know that. It's like saying it's like somebody telling you that Survivor's real. Survivor's not real. Survivor's fake too. What?
1: Uh, last text. Yeah, angry guy gets more attention and text read than anyone else. Bleep that guy. <laughs> he doesn't. We we, we, we we try to get through everyone's text on the show. We appreciate it. I am so surprised you did today. We did. We made that was it a great effort. We made it through. We, do, we always powered through at the end. It helps when Trevor's not here. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, we got to go really quickly here. We got 55 texts to read in 10 minutes. And the first one, Trevor's like, I was actually thinking the other night. <laughs> I'm like, God bless. All right, real quickly tonight, College Hoops. Uh, we've got North Carolina on the road, taking on UConn in the Jimmy V Classic. 9 o'clock on ESPN. UConn's a five and a half point favorite. Scoot to like. Go Huskies. I think Huskies win, and they cover. And then you can hear it right here on the Big X. Indiana on the road, taking on Michigan. 9 o'clock tip-off. Do the Hoosiers get it done. Come on upset, baby! Yes, Hoosiers get it done. (laughs) I was going to say, can you give me something? (laughs) Uh, I think Michigan wins, Indiana covers. There you go. Everyone enjoy your scoots. Big thanks to you for filling in. We'll see you again tomorrow. Can't wait for it. Can't wait. Enjoy your Tuesday night. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow with three. Go Cards.